listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Goodness gracious, it's 2022 and we're here. We're here with the first episode. That's the first time I've heard that out loud since New Year's. What? 2022. Yeah. That's so weird to me. Because I like I haven't written anything where I've had to sign like write a date. I have like a million times by this point. You haven't filled out any paperwork? Everything's digital. All the paperwork I've had to do, I just have to like sign my name electronically. So yeah, hearing 2022 out loud is weird to me. I like it better than 21. Yeah. So from a numerical a numerical standpoint. I mean, we've already had like a a rash of celebrity deaths. I feel like this is the way start twenty twenty one started off too. And yeah. twenty twenty come to think it's of all it, the people that just held out until they, they wanted to get to the next year. Or Betty White didn't make it nope. to one hundred. She was like two weeks from her birthday. I, I feel know. like if you take into account like leap years and stuff, she'd probably be all right. Yeah. She yeah. was over a hundred. She's seen some shit, dude. She had twenty five extra days in her life. Yeah. Did so she? The leap days. Oh, yeah. I guess that's yeah. true. So she's huh? 100. In my book. I'm sure. going to give her 100. I'm going to give her 100. Because that's 25 extra days. You tack them on. Mm-hmm. Got her to her birthday. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's 100. I bet we're the first people to say that. I know we're like a month late, but fuck it. Well, you know what I didn't I didn't hear about amongst like all the celebrity deaths that we had been kind of like getting bombarded with? Uh, Louis Anderson died? Yeah. On the same day as Meatloaf. Yep. I didn't know that until like way after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Louis Anderson and Meatloaf died the same day. Like I, three hours apart. Uh, I thought that Louis Anderson was already dead. No, he's been on uh, one His of those. His career movies. has been for a long no, time. No, that's not true. He's been on one of those talk shows for forever. He hosted uh, like a radio talk show, no, or no, like no, no, a no, no, no. like uh, like one of the late night shows. He was all he was always like the guest on the couch. Uh, what? No, Wasn't he? no, thinking no. Of? dude, you're that's, thinking. That's you're thinking Andy, of, or, um, oh, Andy on yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right, not Louis right. Anderson. You're right. You're right. Louis Anderson Different person. <laughs> has a near and dear place in my heart specifically because of his show Life with Louie, which was a Fox Kids network show that aired for about three years. And I would literally, like, it would be on first thing in the morning, and I would literally get up and watch it. And it was one of my favorite shows because of the fact that I felt like it was like a, a parallel of my life. <laughs> Wow. Being, being like a chonky kid, like, oh, okay. like, and it was just like that kind of humor, like always trying to like mm-hmm. play it off and all this stuff, and just kind of like the ups and downs of of just being uh, a, a bigger boy. a bigger kid that like you know was boisterous and yeah. stuff, and so it was like every episode I was like, man, that happened to me like two weeks ago, man, <laughs> like oh man, like Are I you really this identify on, like, with ca- this on like cable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just like part of my si- my adorable. Saturday morning. Uh, and he always like I don't know I don't know how much truth there was to any of the show, but all this was supposed to be like references that of stuff that like actually happened in his life. Okay. And and uh, specifically one thing that I remember about that show is that he had an uncle that used to eat fish on a stick. I mean, everything's <laughs> better on a stick. Yeah. Food on sticks. But True. I remember I remember watching that in the show and being like, for I like some reason fish. I really want like a fish whole on a stick. fish. Was no, it like a just fish like a fillet, like a fried fillet, okay. like on oh. a stick. Um. Anyways, that's my diatribe about Louis Anderson. So, May he rest in peace. To, to prove 
uh, I guess, Alex's point that, you know, she thought Louis Anderson had been dead for a while. I just confused him with Andy Richter. Andy so, Richter, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess Louis Anderson in my head was probably so, dead for a I long think the time last too. thing I remember hearing that Louis Anderson was um, that show Baskets. Remember with Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Zach Galifianakis. 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 Yes. He played like a lady, didn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, right? If I'm remembering this correctly, God, that was a, that was forever ago. Yeah, that show made it what like two seasons? Yeah, something like that. Not, I thought not, it was pretty. The first season was pretty funny. I remember it fell off a cliff. Yeah, uh, kind of like Zach Galifianakis. Apparently, also. so yeah, we lost Meatloaf to COVID. Oh, Meatloaf! <laughs> meatloaf died so, of yeah. COVID. So meatloaf died of COVID. Dude, so here's my diatribe about Meatloaf. Right. So <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was a kid, um, this will be good. Meatloaf's God, what the hell was the As name of that album? As a chunky boy, I appreciated a chunky artist who said <laughs> his name was Meatloaf. Meatloaf's album, I can't remember the, the one that everyone liked. Yeah, the one with all the singles on. But yeah. it had like the most like like metal looking fucking album cover of oh, all time, uh-huh. dude. And I found so like I was just I was just starting to get into to heavier music at that point in time, but I was still jamming on stuff like. Like at that point in my life, I had thought like "Load" by Metallica was the heaviest fucking thing mm-hmm. I'd ever heard. Right, right, right. Um, and so I remember looking at the out the uh, we were at a thrift store with my mom, and it was uh, after church on on Sunday, and I, my mom loved to, to to go to like thrift shops and stuff. And so like I always had like this like allowance that I would get every week if I did all my chores and all this other shit. And, mm-hmm. And I found a meatloaf album, and I was looking at the cover of this album, and I it, it was all red, uh, and it had like that's bad out of hell. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but it's the one album everybody knows, right? Bad well, out of yeah, hell. Yeah, I think it's one of his most prominent. And actually, albums. all of his albums are pretty. They're pretty metal. They're looking. pretty metal looking. Yeah. But yeah, bad out of hell is the one that's yeah. most popular. Uh, and it's so got I, all the bangers. On. It came I out in the late 70s. I saw it, and they had it. They had it for like five bucks or whatever at the at the thrift shop. <laughs> You're like, this is gonna be. Sick. And I was like, this, there's no way this is gonna be bad. No way this is going to be bad, dude. And my mom has no frame of reference on any of this shit. She listened to Celine Dion and fucking Gloria right. Stefan and stuff like that. Like, that was she her. She was in The Exorcist, her. though. <laughs> she was, as an extra. Uh, Still counts. Uh, cooler she, than anything I've ever done. She, uh, that, that was the kind of music that she listened to, right? So, like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't like female ballads, she just didn't give a flying fuck at that right. point in her life. <laughs> And uh, so she had no idea. And I'm like, I got to get this meatloaf record. I'm going to see what this is all about. I distinctly remember putting it into the CD player in the car and it just started playing. And I was so disappointed. How how old are you? God, um, I must have been like nine. Okay. It's a perfect age. So it's my follow up question. Was this the first CD that you ever bought? No. Okay. I no, I must have been older than that. What year did Nookie come out? 1999. 19, okay, so I was tw- I was 12 then because <laughs> Limp Bizkit was... You didn't look f- that up. You knew. That was the year I got my period. <laughs> I remember Nookie was number one on the hits. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, was the first, that was the first record I ever bought with my own... Well, first with new record own, right. that I bought with my own money. Okay. Um, yeah, because that's always the qualifying thing is what's the first one that you bought with your own money? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one. Because the first CD I ever got was uh I think it was Eminem. Was it? Marshmallows LP? I think so. Along yeah. That I, was the first album you ever got? That's the first C D I ever first got. First C D you ever the first C D I ever got was Tina Turner. Um and I got into a big fight with my parents about it because my sister's friend from college bought it for me. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh god. See I got but it was like the same deal with like cassette tapes. Like I remember the first cassette tape I ever had 
But I also remember the first cassette tape I ever bought with my own money. Oh yeah, I don't remember the first one I bought with my own money. So the, the when I got Probably. the <laughs> when I got the Marshall Mathers LP, I got the censored one from Walmart. Oh yeah, and it had the kids on it instead of uh, not Stan, uh, the one where he the skit about where he's like killing Kim. Kim, Kim yeah. And so it had the kids on it instead of Kim, and so my. My version of that album was nothing but like, like wow, it, it had like the kids on it and shit. And 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 I remember the first time I heard it in its unedited form and Kim hit. I was like, what in the actual fuck is this song? He's talking about killing and dismembering his wife yep. for four minutes yep. on this mm-hmm. record. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But anyway, back to Meatloaf. Sorry for that. Uh, yeah, Influential. Well, but, but it was like the most disappointing thing. And, and personally, I don't think I've ever forgiven him. <laughs> so when I found out he died, a little part of me was like, fuck you, Meatloaf. When I found out he died of COVID, even better. <laughs> I was just like, all right, well... Uh, that's, that's, that's somebody I don't give a flying fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, since that I, I have come to appreciate his music, but I still am very bitter about that. The, the caveat here, and I don't, I don't know if we've ever actually talked about it on the podcast. Uh, but Palmer's general view of one of Meatloaf's more famous uh, acting roles, at least, uh, uh, bitch tits. No, that his name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson, which I can't believe how many fucking. I was going on Facebook the day that Paulson. happened. I saw so many fucking Robert Paulson things. I was like, Rocky Horror. Yeah, he is in Rocky Horror. Yes, he is. Probably one of his. He's also in Spice World. He is also in Spice World. Um, but <laughs> no, not Rocky Horror. Fact. Lest we forget. But, but Rocky Horror, probably one of if if not his most famous and his second most famous, thanks to Robert Paulson uh, acting roles. Third after Spice World, yes. Third after Spice World, if you're a white woman, um, is also not one of Palmer's favorite movies. And he recently, in the last six months, I guess, I remember you told us that you watched this again with Kelly and you were just like, it's uh, it's boring. You never really cared for it. Rocky Horror? Yeah. yeah. You, you never really liked it and you gave it another shot recently. I'll never, I'll never understand recently. it. I'll never understand it. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, uh, yeah. I don't get it I feel, I feel like you have to like experience it like live. And I've, I have... Uh, as much as I could tolerate it before leaving. You saw it at the theater by GME, right? <sighs> There's a theater across the street from GME that always did it every Saturday night. Across from where? George no, Mason. No, I never. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think I, think I ever saw it. You have to be a there. theater kid. <laughs> Yeah, I love Rocky. Maybe. I love Rocky. And, and, and like, I, I, while I acknowledge not, that, but I was an art kid, so I was adjacent. Adjacent, yeah. I knew a lot of theater kids. I was friends with a lot of theater kids. I acknowledge that the live participation <laughs> aspect is fun, right? But yeah. like, that's like the crowd making something that I genuinely view as a terrible film, like good. It's not because of the film's merits; it's because there's a whole bunch of fanatics that seem to really enjoy it. See, we've I also done, think... we've done lots of things that were fun because of the people that were there. I think exactly. things that yeah, I, yeah. I think things though that like that include audience participation. That is my fucking nightmare. Like, well, it's not mandatory. But you don't have to. You don't well, have like, to. If people from the cr- I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> but I have, I have, I like my my wife literally has photos yes. of her on Facebook, yes. like doing Rocky Horror stuff, uh, or at least she did. I don't know. She probably has since removed those since she's mm-hmm. moved into a, a, a you know a professional career. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I just I'll never. I'll never understand. It's just not for me. It's just one of those things. It's just not for me. But yeah, fucking fucking meatloaf. It's just he's not for me. Just, just R.I.P. Bitch tits. <laughs> R.I.P. It was it, he was he was fine in Fight Club. 
fine. <laughs> he just wanted to great. He did to Edward Norton what you do to me and just brought Edward Norton's head into his bosom child. Yes. Come to my bosom child. It's warm. <laughs> it's comforting. I would have loved a hug from Meatloaf. It's a kiss me. Yeah, maybe he's a really good hugger. I don't know. Obviously, he I never looks got one. like a good hugger. He's not a good hugger. I now. feel like he'd be the type of person where I could look at him and be like, "Your album cover deceived me," and break down in tears. And he would put his arms open and bring, and bring me, and and all would be forgiven. Yeah. He would probably be like, "Yeah, I know. I always but you really know liked you know metal albums and their covers, and so I wanted to like do that." I have to say, like, regard, <laughs> it's it's that album cover is still metal as fuck. Dude. It is. That's like, a, it's like a deal. That's the difference between him and Christopher, uh, super old guy. Um, What's his song? Christopher uh, Walken? No, 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 not Christopher Walken. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was Saruman. Christopher oh. Oh, Lee. Oh, yeah. Lee. Lee. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Lee. He had metal-ass album covers yeah. backed by metal fucking music. Yeah. Well, for for an old dude that did classical metal, he was fucking as metal as it got. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Meatloaf, not so much. No. Uh, album covers, though. Goddamn. Still rocking. Yep. Still rocking. One day. Also, I that was a great title for a record. One, yeah, that's true. One day I and hope the that single, and then he had Bad Out of Hell too, Back yeah. to Hell. Yeah, I do not know how I know this. Meatloaf <laughs> 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 walking library <laughs> of, of meatloaf knowledge. No, Alex, like Alex, Alex just has like a, a weird brain thing when it comes to albums. She's like, "What year did this come out? I don't even have to look it up." <laughs> I did work at a record store for a long time. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it's a Canadian equivalent to. What do you guys call it? FYE, Tower. but ours oh, called FYE. Uh, and in Canada, it's called HMV. So FYE uh, had gone out of business before I ever learned what FYE stood for. What does it stand for? For your entertainment. For your entertainment. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea until after they had gone out of business. I, I loved FYE. I so did. what does HMV stand for? Home music videos, I think. Oh, okay. It's I don't I would doubt that it's still around now. Yes, yeah. but it was HMV. Hmm. Hmm. It was my first job out of high school. Really? That's a pretty was like dope a cashier job. or. Yeah, I worked at the cashier. You get to uh-huh. say you worked at a record store. That's fucking dope. Well, I mean, it was in like a... Book. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. CD records. But they had records Whatever. also. Like, I, I worked for, there as... as for a, Virginia locals or, or, or Richmond locals, uh, Plan 9 was always like my dream um, job out of like high school or college. Um, but then, you know, main Plan 9 closed down the crypt and then they closed down... The, or they closed down their stage. Then they closed down the record crypt. Then they closed down the main shop and moved to a smaller spot because, you know... People who, don't be buying old records anymore. Yeah. Or CDs. <laughs> Or CDs. Yeah. Did you watch Empire Records and be like, that was about my life? (laughs) Empire Records was the reason I wanted to work at a music store. HMV was a lot more corporate than Uh, Empire Records. So so HMV is what would have happened if Empire Records was bought by uh, that shitty corporate place. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, uh, (laughs) we are here not to talk about the dead or Meatloaf or Empire Records. Uh, We are here to talk about our top five favorite films of 2021 as well as our one worst film of 2021 and we've got some honorable mentions we're going to throw in there periodically who wants to kick things off i'll start i'll start i'll start we're starting we're starting with number five five five, 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 four three two one five four three two then worst yeah do we want to start with honorable mentions no let's do honorable mentions yeah we'll we'll do those last um so it will be, you know, with with one being the absolute best film of yep. the year for us. Yep. And uh, then worst. Yeah. Okay. And then and then worst. So okay. kick it off, buddy. Number five for me. Oof, number five. Number five. five. 
So I, I I did I did some thinking about this. I know when I came in when we were originally planning to record this, uh, I I had an idea of what my top five were going to be, and then I had some time to reevaluate. This one fell from number three to number five. Okay. Hmm. Coming home in the dark. Mm. Hmm. Good film. Did not see this one. So this one I found out about by accident. Okay. Um, you know I I. I was looking, I, I don't even remember seeing this one come up uh, in release, because I think it got released earlier in the year before we had started recording again in October. Okay. Um, so I, I wasn't really paying attention to it that much, um, and I saw it. This movie made my top five, and I, I, I think, Alex, I'm sure you'll talk about this at some point. Um, you know, you made a comment when you and I were talking about this, about how a lot of the movies this past year were, like, slow burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of stuff that, like, grabbed you from the jump and just kept going. This movie is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, ten minutes into this movie, you see two kids just unsummarily just get fucking executed right in front of their parents. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. No warning, no nothing. Well, it's not no warning. They're lying down on the ground. Well, well they're not. They're, pointing they're standing up. Well, okay, but they had been... They, they had been lying down on the ground. So the, uh, with someone so pointing the setup, a gun to yeah, their the head. Setup of this, the setup of this movie is that this family of four, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're out in the country. They're out for a drive. They in go, New Zealand. In New Zealand. They go, they stop. They're having like a little picnic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they're walking to where they're going to have this picnic, one of the boys sees these two guys... Standing like way off in the distance, they get to where they're going. They're having their little picnic, uh, and then the two guys that this little boy or that this boy saw show up. One of them carrying like a sawed-off rifle of some sort, uh, like a short barrel something. Uh-huh. Um, and they have the family like they all lie face down. Then uh, a van drives up. Um, he gets everybody up off the ground. They all like wave to the van, make sure everything's okay and everything. Van drives off. Guy turns around, shoots the first kid, then turns around and shoots the second kid. Well, see, he was going to okay. let them go. He want he just wanted their stuff. He yeah. wanted their car and their food and their keys and their phones and their phones. But then, just give me everything. But then you have. one of the sons calls his dad by a nickname. Yeah. that one of the two gentlemen recognizes from in his past and Ooh, gets very angry. Yeah. So yeah. he was going to let them go. Yeah, and then these so these two children are standing up and they're not. They're like they're teenagers. Pre-teens. They're teenagers. Yeah, 12, 10, 12, 13, whatever. <laughs> just fucking shoot. Just fucking ice them. No, <laughs> so no good. warning. No warning. No nothing. Yep. Just it was amazing. Do- doesn't say anything. He just turns around. He he he's sitting. So he's standing there and he's kind of like lazily got you know uh, his hand on the trigger and the the barrel of the gun just like lazily against his arm like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just like shoots first kid, turns and just shoots the second kid, and that's it. Like no no warning. Any of this is happening. Right. Um. And then the, the rest of the movie is just like a crazy trip of, you know... Driving home in the dark? <laughs> yeah, dri- driving home in the dark. So home, in this case, being the, the boy's home that the two killers were placed in as orphans. Okay. That the dad had worked at as a, uh, teacher. a teacher. Um The mom not knowing any of so the... So is har- this like a sleeper situation where there's like a history of abuse? And- yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the, the kids at this home were abused. Um, and the dad had abused one kid because he kind of was given no choice, but it was more that like he had seen all of this abuse happening at the school and never did never or said anything, anything about it. About it. Okay. And um, this is where he like started sort of started off as a teacher, right? So okay. it was not well into yeah, his like, career. It, it was like twenty, not that 20 years excuse, prior, but... <laughs> like 20, 20 years prior. 
Yeah. Um, and the mom not knowing any of this. And, uh, you know, after the, after the boys get killed, he knocks out both of them. And the mom, like, wakes up in the car. Oh. And it's like, where are my boys? And oh. then has, like, everything just kind of come rushing back to, like, yeah, her kids uh, just got fucking like, her shot awful. in the fucking chest. And then, you know, where were they? You know, what'd you do with their bodies? Like, and one of the guys just, like, dumped them in the water. Um, no, this, the thing that really got me about this movie, and I, I think this is what I had mentioned to you, Palmer, was that it... This movie and another one uh, that's in my top five, I don't think would have happened had it not been for the house that Jack built a couple of years ago. I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I carry on. As far as like a wide release. Uh, People have been killing kids for a while. I know like... Not on screen though. Yeah. No, I, I, what was it? The Exorcist. Uh, there was an Exorcist film that was like 2009, maybe, where like we literally watched like a 10 year old get like dismembered by a pack of hyenas. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let me rephrase. I don't think it would be happening as often. They do seem to kill kids in movies more. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm we're, sorry. Have you not seen? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're seeing a lot of this stuff happen a lot more in horror movies. Yeah. Um, I. You know, we're we're all parents. I'm the most recent parent out of the three of us. Yeah. Um, whether or not this is a good thing, I don't know. Do you think maybe um, you're just noticing it more now because you are a parent? And that that might also be part of it. Because I feel they, like, like that's what it is for me. Like those scenes before, I feel like they never would have bothered me, I, with the exception I, of like I, a Serbian some, film. Sometimes I yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you were <laughs> so like, vehemently against that. But like I think the I before this one, I had kids. I, yeah. think, I think the difference with this one is that like they treat it almost like a throwaway. Like, because a, a lot of the other movies where, like, you see kids dying, like, right. there's a build-up to it. There, There's, like, a big focus on it. This one, like, those kids, those two boys die within 10 seconds of each other, and there's no build-up. There's not even much afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, very quick, and we're, we're on to the next thing, which I thought was pretty unusual because, you know, typically and, you know, historically, even in the House of Jack built, where they kill the boys, like... That's a 20-minute scene mm-hmm. where that's happening. Yeah, there's a long build-up to it. Yeah. You know exactly what's going to happen, but yeah. it's a long so build-up I, to I, it. I think that was the part that caught me the most, is like how jarring it was, because I feel like if you're going to kill a kid in a movie, you're going to kind of make a big deal, bigger deal out of it than just like, well, shoot him, like dump they, him in the water, leave him there, and we're off. It sounds, like, it sounds like they did. It was just from the parents' perspective afterwards, which is honestly mm-hmm. probably the more emotionally... Yes. Uh, like punching part of the film, right? Because yeah. it sounds like it. It sounds like it was for you. Yeah, that was rough. So, especially from like your your mother, the mm-hmm. mother's perspective of coming to in the car where my boy is. That yeah. whole time where they where they had them on the ground, and I was like, I know they're gonna shoot them. I knew they were gonna shoot them yeah. because that's the whole movie, right? Well, it's like it's like Nightingale a couple years ago. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah I literally watched that movie holding my son bottle feeding my son <laughs> <laughs> like when he was like three months old. Like, yeah. The the only thing about this movie that I don't think worked was the ending. Now, my understanding is that this movie is based on a short story. Okay. okay. Um, and so I, I'm not going to, you know, spoil the ending here. Um, but the, the ending is one of those, like, no resolution. I, I want more, but at the same time, like, I kind of get it. But at the same time, what's the point? But I would say that what's the point, right? Yeah. At the end, like, there's nothing. Everything felt very unresolved. Because life is like that. But I guess I guess that's kind of the the point when your topic is abuse. Yes. Uh, you know. It sounds like they were going for like that like French existentialist. Yes. Yeah. Like because how how much can you really resolve being abused as a child? Like you can you, you can come to terms with it, but you where does that get you? Yeah. Also, just the um, 
the scenery for this movie, like, because they shot it in the, you know, in the hills of New Zealand. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know a lot about Every, New Zealand. I feel like New Zealand, New Zealand is just, just all... It's beautiful. Mountains and Everything's hills. beautiful. <laughs> but it was so beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, um, the actors are all from New Zealand. Yep. There's a couple, like, Maori or Maori or however you say, um, actors. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. So that's, that's my number five. Very okay. good. Starting there. Uh, for me, my number five is uh, Caveat. Oh, yeah. I did we, not watch uh, that one. We, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Caveat was one of those pleasant surprises that I watched randomly on Shudder. It's an interesting film, and it's the first of of actually three that are on my list that technically came out in 2020, but weren't given wide releases until 2021. Like, it did oh. its, fr- its, it did its mm-hmm. festival circuit thing. Yep. Um, but... We're counting it as 2021. Uh, every because time that's I, when we could view it. It's when we could view it. Every time we do the now slaying stuff, uh, you know, a lot of the things have gotten festival circuit releases. Um, uh, I think the big one that I followed the most as an example here would be uh, Open 24 Hours. Yeah, oh. that got yeah. a, fe- a huge that was like two years huge on the festival circuit for 2018 and 2019. Didn't yeah. get an actual release until 2020. So okay. I counted that as a 2020 movie. Fair. So them's them's the rules. Them's the rules. Don't add us. I mean, you can add me. I mean, I'll still tell well, you. Yeah. Like, them's, the <laughs> them's the rules. <laughs> um, so caveat is a bizarre fucking movie it starts off with like a bunny like drumming <laughs> like, like a little yeah, like, wind up, like a wind up oh, okay. uh, toy that looks very creepy and it does and start off weird it, it starts off very bizarre and the setup for this movie is actually unbelievable it's one of those things where you have to you have to suspend your disbelief because the whole setup for it actually sounds like Something that was written by a fucking 10-year-old that me, wants to so do a I have, I have not seen this. Give me the elevator pitch. Uh, the elevator pitch is that somebody a, somebody who is a close friend comes up to you and basically says, Hey, I need you to go and watch my mentally disturbed <laughs> sibling for a weekend in total isolation uh, on... There's all a these ca- rules. Uh, on a, yeah, on a cabin. <laughs> or in a cabin that's... You can only get access to by boat. Oh, also, right. I'm taking the boat back with me after I drop you so off. There's no boat. <laughs> uh, you'll have no cell phone, uh, no electric, no electricity. Uh, and it, she's wearing a dog collar. Yeah. So, so <laughs> they, they, they he gets in there and he's like, oh, I will pay you a decent amount of money. And this guy's, this guy's down on sounds like that. That setup alone sounds like uh, what was I, I can't remember the name. It was with a movie the, where the guy had the new girlfriend the kids and the two the, kids, and he left, and they were the, so the, the new girlfriend and the two kids. And she was were from at this that like house. that religious cult. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they were at that remote house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was on my list for last year. It right? was. Um, that movie was good too. So that that's what that that initial setup sounds like, except with like instead of kids, Just you're gonna cr- watch my sibling. My yeah. Cr- weird sibling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. So. Um, it's very bizarre, but as as and I'm not I'm not going to throw any spoilers because the twists are what kind of make this movie so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the that's the setup, right? And then he gets there. Uh, uh, um, Jonathan French, who plays Isaac in this movie, arrives uh, with his friend Mo, um, and they they get to the island. And then on top of that, Mo's like, also now that you're here. I'm gonna put you in a straight jacket that's on a oh, chain. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Does the chain hook up with the collar? Yeah. The chain. Yeah. And okay. and uh, we're doing this for your protection and for the fact and because uh, my sister won't um, feel comfortable with a man in the house unless 
you can only access these certain areas, right? And this chain that he's tied to will only let him access those certain areas of the house. Okay. And it just gets weirder and weirder. And, fi- and the money, the money, the sum of money that he's getting offered gets higher and higher and mm. to the point where he just like, he's he needs the money. He can't say no. Um, yeah. And he doesn't, and it's, it's weird because like the movie, um, he has like, memory issues and uh there's like it plays with like memory loss and all this stuff and and as things progress more and more stuff kind of comes flooding to him and it just gets more and more twisted and it's one of those films that starts off with a premise that's just so batshit that you're like why why am i even gonna why would this character fall for something like this and then it just gets more batshit as the film goes on I like, loved, who would agree to that? Yeah. Like, who in their fucking right mind would agree yeah, to that at all? Weird. I'd be like, nope, I'm out. See you yeah. later. <laughs> I don't care how I mean, much how, money how, how good was the money, though? Uh, it, it, for, for it some, got, it, to the end, it was good. Yeah. For, for, some, for somebody who was as down as on their luck as, as um, uh, Isaac lodge. was. That's a, the lodge. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Um, as Isaac was, it was very, very good money. Would have been enough for him to solve some very immediate okay. problems. Um, I, I mean, I guess that's the trick, you know. Yeah. The, there's a difference in offering someone a thousand dollars when you know they've got a thousand dollars in the bank versus a thousand dollars to someone who's who owes the bank a thousand bucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're willing to do two completely different sets of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how a lot of good movies start, where yeah. people are needing money and needing it quickly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So th- this one's on Shutter. If you haven't checked it out, I strongly, strongly recommend it. Um, the best thing about it, in spite of the, the batshit premise, is is the atmosphere, the buildup, mm-hmm. and then really what sells it is the acting by Jonathan French and Lila Sykes, who plays Olga, the sister. It is stellar from start to finish, and for a film that's very, it's very clearly done on a super small budget, and it's super British. But it's, but it's, <laughs> um, it's very well directed, and the act, the these these two actors are bringing their A game to the table, and that's really what makes you believe the elevator pitch that you're okay. you're getting spoon fed to start this film. So uh, um, strongly recommended. Okay. Okay. I agree. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, so for my number five, I feel like this one's a little bit controversial. Not controversial, but I've seen a lot of mixed takes on this one. Is the new Candyman movie. I still haven't watched it. I, you know, people either, I feel like, uh, like a lot of reimaginings or reboots or however you want to call it. Um, people either, I feel like, really liked it or really hated it. Yeah. There were some things about it that I think should, would I have made the movie? I would have done differently. But... All in all, I thought it was really good, and mm-hmm. I did think it was spooky. Mm-hmm. I thought the acting was really good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't say this a lot for movies, but I feel like they actually could have probably had like another twenty more minutes. The last third of the movie, like the final, That's where it starts to break down a little bit. The final right? act kind of breaks down. Like it, it sort of mm. is co- cohesive in the beginning. So it's an artist, right, who is. Um, kind of sort of struggling coming up with a new concept of what he wants to paint or what kind of artist you know he wants to to be and so he starts to look into Candyman because he lives in Cabrini Green but it's now been gentrified. Yeah it's gentrified and all that stuff. It's all bougie and he lives there with his bougie girlfriend who's also like an arts dealer and stuff like that and so he sort of becomes possessed by Candyman in his madness right and people are learning about Candyman through his art so people are starting to quote unquote say his name you know what I mean Mm. But yeah, that scene where the three girls are in the oh. bathroom, holy fuck, that was so well it's, done. It's so bloody. It's it is. so it's bloody. Graphic, there is dude. so much blood in this movie. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last, the last, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, I would 30 minutes, it, it feels like it gets rushed. 
And I don't okay. want to spoil it because it's kind of like, you know. Now, when you say rushed, is this one of those things where, like, I feel they like, could have resolved it if they just added 10 minutes? I feel like there probably was more. I, it almost seems like it got cut for time or cut for, I don't know. It almost seems like there there was more and it just was edited out. It okay. just needed, I don't know, 15 more minutes to expand on the idea that they were trying to expand on. Uh to make it a little bit more understandable. Cause I feel like the first, you know, two thirds of the movie was really good. And then they rushed the last third. And I feel like that's where, I, where it kind of got a little bit lost, Okay. but the acting was really good. Um, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. This is one of those ones where I, I, th- I think the most negative stuff I've seen about it has been like, like, uh, this movie is just like another example of PC culture and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I, if you, you can say that, but the the whole franchise. I was gonna say the original been, was. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so much, uh, this movie's this this whole franchise has always been about that. Yeah. Having not seen it yet. Okay. And having the knowledge that you know Jordan Peele helped write the script for this. Right. And it, you know, Candyman's not an original thing for him, so you can't compare it necessarily directly to the other stuff he's done, but mm-hmm. you can use that other stuff he's done as a frame of reference. Does this feel like a Jordan Peele thing or does this feel like a Candyman thing? It feels like a mix of both. So it's a continuation of the first movie, right? There's They they did the same thing that Halloween did where yeah. like they just retconned everything back to the first one. Not necessarily retconned it, but it's like, it's like, uh, the focus is primarily what happens in the first film. That's true. You could say that the other movies ha- could technically have still happened, but they're they're focusing on continuing from the first movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, it seems sort of it's 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 a Candyman <clears throat> movie with a Jordan Peele, twi- not even twist influence. Yeah. A little sprinkle of Jordan. But it's Peele also on top. it's also a modern take on Candyman. I don't I don't feel like maybe that's even necessarily a Jordan Peele thing as much as it's. A Candyman movie in 2021. That's fair. So where you have, like, Black Lives Matter has been huge, and, and you know, people yeah. are much more aware of the things that are happening, and it's not just happening in places like Cabrini Green. It's happening everywhere, right? So... Look at uh, Churchill. Yeah. Even here. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going mean, to agree that it just barely didn't get onto my mm-hmm. list of top fives. I, I really did enjoy this movie um, a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I was uh, very excited to watch it, but I was also like, oh, I yeah, was I was hesitant because of all the mixed stuff that we had yeah. seen. Um, and this was one of those movies like I had been holding off because it did not get discounted. No, like this was one of those films that like I was waiting for this to be like oh, full price become, everywhere become, at all times, become like a three dollar rental or something. Yeah, and I was going to check it out, but it got towards the end of the year, and I was just like, I still haven't seen this film. It's still fifteen bucks. Yeah, I'm. I guess I'm going in. Yes, <laughs> like, and I did buy it. I did not torrent it. Yeah, I, I bought it too. Um, and I was I was glad I bought it. I actually mm-hmm. really ended up enjoying it. And they did for the um, the trailers that work with the like the the, the shadow puppets. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit prevalent throughout the movie. Also, yeah. it's just so good. It's like an, it's such a small feature, but I just think that that's very creative. And yeah. they were creepy, right? Yeah. Like, they're creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I liked them. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely, definitely. If those are five. our worst movies, I think we're onto a pretty good start here. Yeah, year. so far. You know, considering so considering there's a lot of just. Well, it's not the worst. It's a it's the least the, of the best. The, the, the least, least of the, of the best. best. <laughs> but if those are the least of the best, then you know, that's a that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, it's um, uh, one of those things where like it's this year when I was trying to pick out this list. I I found myself struggling a lot. I was like, man, there was a lot of crap this year. Like there was like genuinely like for a little while, Slacks was on my top five, and I was like, 
And I had that so, reaction was so like, what that Sam had yeah. when we were, we, when we were we talking had, before the podcast. Yeah, we were talking about this before. Like the the movie that the two of you both thought were potentially like in the running, if not actually are the worst movie that you watched this year. Like I actually kind of enjoyed. Which one? Well, we'll get there. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, talk, yeah. we'll <laughs> talk about. It. Uh, no but th- th- there was a lot of just like stuff that there was a lot of stuff this year that was fine. Yeah. Fine, I would say fine, yeah. good, but not great. And I, I know when we when we not first memorable. when we first not met memorable. to try to record this episode, you know, Alex and I were talking about it. Previous years, we've had those standout, those absolute standout, can't miss horror movies that yes. were like, if they weren't number one, they were number two. Yeah, um, that we all like agreed on like, universally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, in my opinion, I don't feel like there was anything this year that was like Terrifier or. Um, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> best oh. year, best movie. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, Mandy counts. <laughs> Terrifier. Mandy. Uh, who's watching Oliver? No, like none of the absolute standout stuff that we've seen. That like really just nothing else that year compared to it. Right. I don't think there was any of that this year. There was plenty of good stuff last year, or this past year. Yeah. There's plenty of good stuff, and but there was a lot more. Just like fine. It was yeah. fun. I watched it. You know what, though? I feel like we were dealing with We were going through a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, fine is fine. Fine is fine. This was also like at least the we were year. Ha- at least we were getting movies. That's true. We were getting a lot more this year. <laughs> it's true. This is also the year that I just I just did not have the time. Like, in past years, like, I have literally, as we gear up to start this mm-hmm. episode, I will plow through, like, 50 40 fucking movies. movies. Yeah. This year, I did not have the time to do that. I did. I, I did, strangely. <laughs> <laughs> I watched... Uh, 37 of the top 45 ranked horror movies from 2021 Okay, in the last three weeks of this past year. I was going to say, the last like probably month and a half, I watched yeah. more movies than I probably have all year. Yeah. No. Catch but, me for my worst of the year, because I was in Rotten Tomatoes' top 10. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll lead the charge on number four here. All right. Uh, oh. So this one's, this one's a little bit... This is a little bit of a cheat. Okay. Oh, he's cheating. Mm, cheater, up. cheater. Because technically this is three movies, but the whole fucking Fear Street thing. Ah, all right. It is three movies, but I group them together. What? Because it's, it's, it's a, yes, it's a trilogy. I cannot tell you which one was better than the other. I would almost consider that kind of like a show, right? Yeah. Like a, like a limited I, series. Yeah. Okay. Fair I, enough. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, cause I, 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 <laughs> no, I have you can't seen, use that one. <laughs> I, I had seen them rated individually yeah. on some lists and I'd seen them rated together on other lists in my head. It's, it's one four and a half hour long movie. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. That's, that's so, so for, in my notes, I have fear street, the whole damn the thing. Whole thing. <laughs> uh, Did you have a favorite? I, uh, out of the three segments, a favorite? N- no, I would say the weakest part was number two. Okay. okay, but yeah, but one and three, I think were pretty much on par with one another. But this was one of those things, like one, the first, the first film, and they did it week after week after week, three weeks in a row. And the the first film came out, and I was I was anticipating it just because of my love is Fear Street growing of the Fear Street books growing yeah. up. Yeah, but I was not expecting to fall in love with this the way that I did. So the first film wrapped up. And I was like, oh, you know, when's the next one going to be out? I looked out, looked it up. Next week, the next, next one's going to be out. All right. Yep. So it became, this This became an event. Yeah. This became like, like, 
And I'm yeah. not I'm not saying I'm burned out on Joe Bob, but I used to really look forward every week to watching mm-hmm. Joe Bob. And while I still tune in and watch mm. him periodically, I just don't have I can't stay up that late anymore. And as a result, I've I've kind of step back a bit. Yeah, step back, step back. And I still love the man and everything, but this was perfect. I could view it at my own at yeah. my own pace. Like this was this was. This was my horror event for this year. And so th- this, I was, I agree with you. Yeah, this series was one of the reasons why you know when we when we came back in October, I think I made the point of like Netflix has really stepped up their game. Mm-hmm. With yeah, because we used to really genre. heavily criticize Netflix because they really shit like the Open House. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, and even this year, I feel like fifty percent of the stuff they came out with was garbage. Right, yeah. and then the other fifty really percent was good very too. good. Yeah. But like the other fifty, like that <laughs> yes. other fifty percent being very good is like a massive increase over what it was previously yes because they've realized that you know all these other streaming platforms have popped up they've taken all of their ips away from netflix Mm -hmm. right so netflix has invested heavily in creating their own stuff and they know that you know shutter exists they know amc plus now exists they know people like fucking horror movies so they've got to make good ones and and they've gotten great results of things like his house Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. in the past so like they they've done a very good job in the last 18 months i'd i'd say there's i'm they're, sorry they're putting out more good stuff than bad stuff i got that order over. wrong the first and second parts were the best the third part was the weakest part that was the 1666 one yeah yeah, yeah the 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 accents the 1666 the third part was weird though because it was really only like 40 minutes with 1666 yeah yeah the rest of the movie was back in the accents were weird the accents were not very well done you know a bad accent can really take you out of Mm-hmm. A show. This is completely unrelated, but there's a like a British cop drama that's got the guy from Dexter in it, uh-huh. and he has a British accent, and it's Michael Michael, uh, Michael whatever. C. Hall. Okay, it's a great show, but his accent ruins it. Really? I can't even fucking uh-huh. watch it. <laughs> yeah, so like, but this one, the, the acting's never stellar throughout no. the entire course of this. But and damn, again, but that's okay. Yeah, it's also, a slasher you know, film. Yeah. Again, we're also talking about kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, teens. But this one, the, I think the reason I ended up falling oh. in love with it so much. <laughs> Michael C. Hall's from Raleigh. That dude can't speak in fucking British. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, I think the reason that I fell in love with this damn thing so much was because this, this was the first time in a long time that I've watched a slasher film that I feel really captured the heart of 80s slasher mm. of the 80s slasher era right like even when they went to the other time periods it was still stupid it was still fun the plot was very loosely kind of put together but it was cohesive enough to get the kills going the kills were all awesome they were yeah. all brutal um the 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 cast was perfectly done in terms of like trying to capture that like that that like teen that like older teen kind of like pubescent yep angst and all that kind of stuff while everything else was going on with their lives and then the uh the um, i think the overarching narrative that connected all three pieces was just enough to kind of propel the the entire trilogy forward into being this into this piece and it was like one of those things like i sat down and i was like this is going to be a series that i predict myself watch revisiting every year Mm -hmm. because i really loved it that much like if for a little while there netflix has done like um physical releases of stuff like they did they they've done it a lot with the flanagan stuff and and that kind of thing i hope that they do that with this because if they ever take this off the 
off their streaming service and it's not available. I don't You're know. Gonna be gutted. I so am going to be yeah. gutted. I really genuinely love this. Here's a legitimate question because it's the, I feel like it's their first foray into a limited series that's done in a movie format. Yeah. I so, also thought that was pretty unique, right? Yeah. They could have so, gone with a stow- you know, standard hour-long episode. Or even like it's, a show, but which yeah. they do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got you got three hour-and-a-half-long movies. If you say, I'm going to do eight 30-minute episodes, mm-hmm. you can tell the exact same story in mm-hmm. an episode, like in an episodic format. Mm-hmm. Does this... They know Does people, it make a difference that it was, you know, these these three individual movies that, yes. you know, they're, they're kind of standalone, but at the same time they tell the same... They tell a whole story... Like a season of eight episodes would. They know people be binging longer than. than yeah, yeah. so like that—that's my thing. I, I wonder if this was kind of like a, you know, a toe in the water of seeing like you know, uh, Archive eighty one. You know, yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. their latest mm-hmm. saying that you know it's adapted from a podcast, uh, but it, it, it's eight episodes. Could it be told as you know three hour and a half long movies? I think there are some things that lend themselves better to movies, like a slasher. Yeah, and then there are some things. I would argue, like Archive eighty one, that especially because they're jumping back and forth between timelines so often, mm-hmm. that it it almost fits better as an episode okay. show. But that's just that's yeah. just my thought. No, I, I'm I'm legitimately legitimately curious to see if we get more of this kind of thing from Netflix. I, I think that's a really cool avenue that hasn't been explored because everybody's always doing you know. Even if it is a limited series, we're going to give you a season of eight right. to ten episodes as opposed to three movies. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix did do more stuff like this because of the fact that they are the one streaming platform that seems to refuse to release series that they do weekly. Yes. So, so every Except series. Except with Great that they, British Baking Show. Oh, is that weekly? Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> every Friday night. It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> Alex and Kelly just hanging out at your place but every is, Friday is night. That, is that because it's still like recording when they're... No. Oh, so it's all done? It's yeah. all just, done, yeah. Oh, okay. They're just fucking with people. I think. So, oh, you know what, though? I, I'm actually not going to say for certain. Okay. Well, see, so so I'm not... I don't follow... That's the re- but no, what you're saying is the reason why I wait for Amazon or for any of the other ones. I wait yeah. for the whole season because I don't... So I can I'm sit not down watching midget. NBC. I'm not watching Fox. I'm not watching CBS. I don't want to wait a week. Just mm-hmm. give me the to whole fucking to, thing yeah. because I'm used to Netflix. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix did more stuff like this because it's like them circumventing their yeah. own established rules, right? right? So they can be like, all right, well, this is actually three separate films. We're going to release them as standalone things and make it an event that people want to continuously tune into. But it's like watching, it's like binging three episodes in one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but this was like some, the the... The reason I appreciated this is because Netflix has a very long history of canceling stuff that I fall in love with. Oh yeah, and I love I love the fact I love the fact that they're doing all these one off seasons yeah. stuff or or uh, uh, mini series of things, um, and then this this trilogy of film presentation just because of the fact that if I get invested, I know there's mm-hmm. a clear definite ending, and I don't have to hope that they're going to continue forward. Yeah, before it's, they at cancel least it's it. Done right. Yeah, so. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we saw stuff more stuff like this. I hope that they do another bunch of Fear Street films. Yeah, uh, I love the like format. Um, I think it worked really well. Love and, Fear Street. And, and the, the one of the most interesting things about this, by the way, Fear Street was was directed. All three of the films were directed by Lee uh, Janiak, who yep. did The Honeymoon, which we have also talked on this po- talked about on this podcast. And The Honeymoon was fantastic. Yeah. So I'm very interested in seeing more. From this director uh, I mean, going it, forward. That's also not to say though that like Lee comes back for a second round of these. I I hope I hope 
I hope, hope it happens. Uh, the other thing is uh, Jillian Jacobs is a national treasure and needs to be in more things. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, all right. My number four. I feel like this is... <laughs> If I was Palmer, this would I feel like it would be a movie that I liked. And I, I hate it so much that I love it. Because uh, it is the definition of a slow burn is the movie Seder. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've got that queued up on my computer. I haven't watched it yet, but I've got my it My God. <laughs> this is highbrow as fuck. This is highbrow as fuck. <laughs> so it's like a... An atmospheric, I mean, we talked about the podcast, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, for the now slang, it's this atmospheric uh, folk horror, right? That it's based in Northern California, but it looks like it could have be in Appalachia, which I feel like also <laughs> is, you know, close. And it sort of deals with the, um, this, the director's grandmother has, um, is possessed, right? Or she has this mental illness and it's gripping. Uh-huh. And it, when you find out later mm-hmm. that this is actually based on, the director's real life. Mm-hmm. So his grandma actually had mental illness. And so you're talking like the actual director of the movie. <clears throat> yes. Okay. His mother was, like or a... his, his, his grandmother actually was to, to her belief possessed by this okay. spirit called Seder. Right. Right. And so Seder is this omnipresent thing in their family that they talk about all the time. And you find out it, it opens in this man lives in this cabin, which the director built on his own <laughs> for really? this movie. That's the best like part. with his own two hands? I'm gonna, before I even talk Holy about this shit. movie, All I right. need to say. So this this movie took 10 years for this man to make. Wow. His name is Graham. Uh, what's his name? Shit. Um, jo- Jordan Graham. Are we okay. sure? It's not David Fincher? No. So he's credited. <laughs> like this sounds like some yeah. David Fincher shit. So he's credited on this movie as writer, d- uh, director, Writer, producer, composer, set designer, editor, master sound tech. So he literally did... This is David Fincher. He did everything. This is like when I found out David Fincher actually hand-wrote all of the journals and shit that show up in Seven. Yep. Like, that that kind of crazy. He built this cabin where the movie takes place. Yeah, and he did this for 10 years. Wow. As a labor of love. And it's based on this family who is... Has has a spirit, this demonic presence called Seder that's uh-huh. always present in their lives, uh, sort of nearing closer and closer to their familial, you know, home. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in a, it starts off with this guy is living in this cabin by himself, and you don't know if he's crazy or if he's just isolated because he doesn't talk to anybody. There's like four people in this whole movie, mm-hmm. and it's so fucking slow. <laughs> but if you just if you just hang on, just stick with it. If you just stick with it, give it and give it the the patience that it deserves. It's very rewarding. Okay. And so, and even though there's not a lot of dialogue, it's you know it sort of goes back and forth between um, this like black and white uh, small screen, and then it goes to like the colorful forest, and there's always this sort of like chattering in the background. So it's very like um, how do you say like it. It's confusing. It yeah, makes okay. you feel confused. It's really good. <laughs> but, okay. but God damn it, it's slow. Hmm. I, uh, it's funny because this, this movie, uh, I, I think we did talk about it on the podcast at yeah. one point. This movie was on my radar, but mm-hmm. it got released at like the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, had totally fallen off my... my well, the radar. I, yeah. yeah, we went yeah. on a very long hiatus this uh, year. And... And and now I'm gonna have to go watch this because I totally forgot about this movie's existence. The I entire time I was good. watching, I was like, Palmer would probably really love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's All funny because right. it's got it's got fantastic uh, review scores from from 
like critics. critics. Yes. But the the audience score is so very bad. Yes. So it's, it's yes. funny you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I had watched that I thought was deserving of top 10 mm-hmm. followed the same thing. High critic scores. Okay. Low audience scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is definitely the most... I, I can see why people... Your, your everyday horror movie fan probably wouldn't like this. Yeah. And I think if I had watched it on a different day, I may not have liked it. Okay. You know what I mean? But I was in the mood. Yeah. I watched it and, and I was like... you watched it. I was like, God damn, this is a good fucking movie. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All it's right. very good. Fucking hipster list over here. Jesus. All right. It creepy. Oh, well, I'll, break, I'll break up the hipster list a little bit with a national... American Phenomenon. Okay. Following in the footsteps of Palmer. With it's a series, but it's not, but it is, but it's also not movies. Huh. But Alex broached the subject last year when she picked House of uh, the Haunting of Hill House. So, good. so series count here. I know Palmer said movies at the beginning of this. Yeah. Squid Games. Mm. Squid Game okay. is my number four. Um, I think I only know one person that wasn't a fan of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a national phenomenon. It, it was. Everybody, everybody talked about it. Everybody wouldn't shut up about it. Uh, which is fine. <laughs> which is which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. Because it, it, it was worth it was worth it. Because uh, two things here. One, oddly, this movie got unseated uh, according to Netflix uh, and their unreleased viewership charts. Uh, not long after this series came out by another Korean series called Hellbound. Okay. Also a very good series. Not top five worthy. Um, the webcomic for Hellbound, uh, very good. The show does a very good uh, version of what happens in the comics. That being said, Squid Game, uh, at, you know, at this point, if you haven't seen it, then you're holding <laughs> Have out. Have you been living you're, under a rock? No, at, at I'm this doing point, it to spite everybody that oh, keeps telling me to watch exactly, it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> at this point, if you haven't watched you're it, doing you're doing it, it out of spite. to be spiteful. <laughs> Another person tells me to fucking watch Squid Game. I'm gonna. I'm it's gonna, like, yeah. it's like you're doing it out of spite. The question, mean girls. The, so, so this. <laughs> How long did it take me to watch that? Alex? So this this series this series answers two questions. One that we've already asked on this uh, on this very episode. What is a thousand dollars worth if you have a thousand dollars already in the bank? Mm-hmm. Versus what is a thousand dollars worth if you owe the bank a thousand dollars? Was it yeah. only a thousand dollars they were offering him? No, no, no. They're, oh, okay. they're offering him a lot more, but they, it's that general conceit. Would you be willing to put your life on the line for a certain amount of money if you already had some money or if you were completely destitute? So you're talking about once they've agreed to be on Squid Game, like once they agree to go to the place. So the whole thing, the, 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 way the, guy, the, show, the way this show grabbed me. Because he gives the guy the, some money, and is like, then show he up. D- at th- he does, but the thing that he has to do is one of the most debasing and demeaning things I've ever seen actually captured on film. And this is what, this is what caught me on this show, and this is what really hooked me, was the very first episode. You got the main character in the subway, meets a guy, offers him, I will pay you, I think it was the equivalent of like eight, thought, $800 okay. or something. Um. If we play this game, and every time we play this game, you win, I will pay you $800. And the guy says, well, what if I lose? Yeah, I don't have $800 to pay you. He says, that's fine. Every time he loses, he gets slapped in the face by the other guy. Do you guy. find that very insulting? To get slapped? If it happens once... We have videos of you If it happens slapped. once... 
<laughs> no, and that's true. <laughs> By her, there are videos of me being water on your face. That wasn't demeaning. But no, if you told just... me, if you told me, <laughs> that was that, just bros being bros. That bro. if we were playing that game, and someone's going to record Alex slapping me in the face twenty-seven times. Oh, it was twenty-seven times. That's one of the most demeaning fucking things ever. Because what what you're saying is like this guy is willing to be slapped in the face twenty-seven times in order to try to win money. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that he wins at any point. I think you just see from that instance how how much he needs the money. And so that's that's the setup. Yeah. That, so it's and that's the fights. difference. Yes. It is. But that's the difference. Okay. Would you would you be willing to do that? Would you take that offer if you had that money already in the bank? No. Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. not. No absolutely one, not. No one who competed in Squid Game didn't need that money. Yeah. So well, except for so, the exception of one person. So that's that is the setup of this series. And it doesn't let I down like, at any point. I feel like that's how the Jackass guys got started. Yeah. <laughs> but their, their new movie comes out next week, and I can't wait I to see it. So cannot wait. Let's stuck. go see it. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go see it. Yo, double feature actually, because I still haven't seen Scream. Hell yeah, I really want to see I'm that in. too. We're we're talk, we were talking about it. I do not want to go see Jackass. But you can you can meet up with us for Scream. You can meet up with us for Scream. I didn't have interest in Jackass when it was. Oh my god, this it looks when it when when looks so funny when it was Jackass, and I don't care about watching it now. But I will come watch Scream with you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not. I was not a prepubescent boy throwing my friends into. I don't know a single person sh- that didn't like Jack. Shopping you know, cart, except for you. No, my wife probably. What was care the about point? It. Dudes you, being dudes. I'm pretty sure I saw the second Jackass movie with Mary Beth. Yeah, that doesn't mean she liked it. Oh, there was two Jackass movies. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, three. That three. <laughs> this is the fourth one because oh the third God. one was Jackass 3D. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never cared um, about that. But no, back to Squid Game. Um, <laughs> Just remember there was a period where everyone was launching themselves out of shopping carts. <laughs> All of my teenage boyfriends yep. were launching themselves yep. out of shopping or like into bushes. Yep. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. From shopping carts. Yeah. From into shopping bushes. carts yeah. into bushes. Was that a part of Jackass? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because yes. um, they would go, absolutely. Jackass! Yeah. Um, but no, Squid Game, uh, <laughs> the the series doesn't disappoint from there because at that, at, at that point it turns into, you know, can you play... And unknowingly, at least after, until after the first one, survive playing these childhood games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of it translates. Like the first one is pretty much. I the, thought they were they were like deadly though, slapping in the face. Like no, they, yeah. So the, the actual games are. So the first that's game. Be- that's before he gets to the yeah, games. Uh, that's so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the game like this is this is literally like we play this, and when you're done, you just say you're done, and I'll give you a card. If you want to try some more. You can come to the Squid Games. And this guy is, he's divorced from his wife, and he's about to lose, his wife's about to move, and he's about to lose contact with his child, his daughter, who's yeah. like eight. Yeah. And he so does, what does he have to gain, then? Well, he needs money, money. so that he can, I don't know, either That's have joint mean. custody, or yeah. fight them in court, or at least go to visit her. Yeah. He has nothing. He's got nothing. He's he completely destitute. He lives with his he, mother. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. Who fucking hates him. But in his, in, in, in not even in his defense, in the opposite of that, he's a habitual gambler, gambler. Oh, he's, yeah. a piece, well, he's a piece of shit dude okay. who takes no responsibility for his yeah. life. So like, and, and so okay. that's the thing to keep in mind here is like none of the people that are involved in the Squid Games are good people. None of them are good people. They're all no. there for the reason that they like. Yeah, they're shit people sh- because it's kind well, of their I feel, fault. I feel like people that are like that bottom of the barrel, like don't, you don't. It's very rare to get there without reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but then there's the flip side to it, like the the the, the old man that he befriends. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. Yeah. He just does it because he thinks it's gonna be fun. Yeah, because he's actually the billionaire funding the games. Well, yeah. spoiler alert. Whatever. 
If you it, haven't seen it by now. National Treasure, everybody say, knows the series. His, the, the main character's character arc, though, throughout the show, because he really does start off like a total piece of shit, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a different You himself. feel empathy for him a little bit, but he really, you know, he gets money at one point that he could have uh, took his daughter out for her birthday. He yeah. spends it all yeah. gambling. So you're like, he is a piece of shit, but his character arc throughout the show, like, he really does become, like, the most... You are rooting for him at the end, okay. and I remember watching it, being like, "Fuck that guy!" Right. <laughs> um, but no, it's the the interesting thing is like you know the first game that they set up, and everybody's seen the 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 variations of you know the thing that turns around. It's it's red light, green light. Yeah. It's the first game. Okay. There aren't really any other, as far as I'm aware, American tug of war. Oh uh, yeah, tug of war. Oh, gotcha. I always forget about that one because it's like the the one game that doesn't fit. <laughs> um, the other two games, one is uh, you have to cut a shape out of a little sugar disc mm-hmm. without breaking it. If yeah. you break it, you die. Okay. Yep. Um, and then the the last game is... Marbles. Well, no. You got to make up whatever you wanted. You were given a sack of marbles. You right. got to play whatever you wanted to win the other person's marbles. See, that's the ultimate childhood game right there. The amount of games that we used to just come make up with up on with the fucking yep. fly. That's, that's like the that, ultimate that's childhood like, that's game. That's the thing. Like, yeah. You're watching this series, and part of it's just like, all right, what games did I play as a kid that yeah. I know I could win at? Four and square. so, like, in my head, I'm thinking Foursquare, Tetherball. Tether like, there, there's all these things. That, like, Tetherball. Tetherball, like, I was really good at until I played against someone tall who knew that I was short, and they would hit yeah. the ball so high that even if I jumped, I couldn't fucking hit I it. was pretty good at Tetherball. Yeah. I'm sure it's just for that. I'm sure you fucking that. <laughs> Foursquare, I was fucking king at yeah. at my school. So, like, I would win that one. Pogs. And so part of it, it's like I'm watching through it. I'm just like, how far would I make it? Like, would I make it to the end where they have to jump on the glass panes? No. Would I make it even to that one? No, no probably not. I'd probably get through, like, the first two rounds, depending on what they were. I'd probably die the first round. I was okay, I was okay at red light, green light. But the thing about red light, green light in this instance or like red is, rover, red rover. is you have to be... You can't even wobble. That's true. If when they, you, when if it's you... like red light, green light. When red light is red light, like you cannot even flinch. Yeah. How long do they have to hold the red light until uh, it turns around? Five seconds, though, probably. Yeah. Five or six seconds. But it's not like, all right, hold this position for 15 no, minutes. No, 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 no. But okay. if you don't make it across and uh, it was like, uh, it was like a couple minutes, minutes yeah. then you, you die. And you get shot uh, yeah. by the, okay. the lady's eyes. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, the, the series was great. But it's I, so I, good. I think, you can't believe you haven't watched it. It's I think, so I think one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this series and it's why so I really good. enjoyed seeing that this became like a national phenomenon and even followed by Hellbound becoming like mm-hmm. the thing to unseat it was it was only a couple of years ago that Parasite, which won movie of the fucking year, yep. a lot of people didn't see. And there was this whole conversation about, uh, you know, the only thing stopping you is subtitles. Subtitles. Yeah, but it's also been just like like everything that Korea exports now. Yes. We are Americans just like, love. it's just getting like, my kid watches nothing but Korean animation. But but the flip side of that is like, Korean pop still, bands are all everywhere. Korean we're still food. making American Korean food is fucking delicious. <laughs> we're still making American versions in English of Korean films. That's never going to stop that. That aren't that old. Because there's case in point being Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. Like, they the only thing that. stopping you from watching Train to Busan is subtitles. Yeah. We'll but see, there's a whole group of people in America that won't do that. We'll and, the, but, and Hollywood knows this. But that's the thing that makes me happy about seeing Squid Games be so popular and so successful. Is, is but, those I promise people, you they watched it dubbed. Squid, I was going to say, Squid um, Games, yeah. Squid Games I tried, was also I tried, dubbed. by the way. I, I, I tried watching the dubbed version of that and Hellbound just so I could like do something else while mm-hmm. paying attention to it. It's impossible. I mm-hmm. watched, see, Ben and I watched the dubbed version, but with the subtitles. Okay. Like with the Korean to English subtitles, but also dubbed. Because mm-hmm. I just cannot 
focus when there's a child around. Yeah. Um, the subtitles were better. Yes. They absolutely. Always, they always are. Absolutely. They, like, they really always... Like, you can see uh, there was a big difference between the dubbing and the um, subtitles. Yeah. And, and So that's that's kind of what you just... It, so my, my problem isn't with watching foreign films. I will, I will do that if I have the time. But I can't... That's the issue nowadays. Is like, I can't sit down for an uninterrupted hour and a half. No. Well, Squid Games is a whole season. Yeah, I, yes. I just like I can't. So like like for instance, I just watched. Um, and Squid Games is coming back for a second season. That's the only thing about the show that I didn't like. I did not like how it ended. Because the way it ended would have been perfect if they cut like five minutes right before the end and said, "This is it. It was a limited series, one season. That's all you get." But that's another thing. But they, they added that five minutes, and as soon as it ended, I was like, "God damn it! They're doing a second season of this that they don't have to do." That's the thing, though. Like, like, all right. and Netflix has already confirmed they picked up the second season and everything. And that's fine. But, but just don't watch it. But why am I? I mean, gonna, I'm gonna watch it because it was really good. But I, like, it didn't need just, to be. Ah, uh, I can't trust Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I get invested in this show, yeah. and then they're just like, after season two, they're just like, "Hey, canceling it. It wasn't as successful as season one. See you later." And it's, then at least it, we um, always had season and, one. But, yeah. At least we always had Paris, or bro. I, I could just <laughs> I could just go through my whole life not seeing it. Spitefully not seeing. You it. should watch. No, no, no. That's unacceptable to me. <laughs> the first because season is I so good. Because I will watch everything hmm. on Sci-Fi, hmm. knowing hmm. yeah that I have two seasons before they break my heart. Palmer, is it they better break my heart, to I have loved and lost no. than to never have no. loved? No, I'm still at all? I'm still mourning that stupid fucking. <laughs> Uh, cannibal yeah. show, or zombie show. What the hell? Is Santa Clarita Diet. I oh, want that fucking show back. That was a good show. That was so good. That was so. That had. That was so much what, better than it that? had any right yeah. to be. Three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons. Yeah. It was and just starting to Netflix, get actually batshit. Because Netflix pulled a sci-fi. Yeah, Netflix did pull. It was getting batshit, dude. I'm telling you, man, just watch it. Just do it. Do it. Embrace it. No, no, and accept in your heart of hearts that sci-fi was the. Guiding light. Mm. We're going to give you three seasons, Guiding and something. that's it. Okay. Because what happens? What happens if you get more than three seasons, folks? It could suck. You end up with the final season of Game of Thrones. You end that's up with the final season seasons. of Dexter. Eight seasons. Which they seasons. had to do a fucking like, follow-up season that nobody really asked for that was apparently good, but apparently who Where gives a shit? Where can you watch it, though? Dexter? Showtime. 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 Yeah, apparently I've got to get Showtime though Maybe. because Yellow Jackets is apparently the greatest yes, fucking yeah. show on the face Everybody of the planet. Everybody about Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it's on Showtime. Guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna get five seasons of it. Season five's gonna that's be still, absolute dog that's shit. That's still five seasons, yeah, people. But that's my point. That's my that's point. Five years. That's my point. TV. Maybe maybe sci-fi is the beacon no. in the darkness. I think I'm, avoid so that sensitive. final absolute dog shit season if we cut it off. When it's at its fucking you know zenith. Think, you know what I think the, the we best runtime... the peak I've seen. I've been to the top of the mountain. I have, and the five is seasons good. is the best amount of seasons for a show. I, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Uh, like fucking other shows that have five but seasons. But even they come back and do stupid shit like El Camino. <laughs> that, well, okay. Or, or Better Call Saul, which was amazing. Well, El Camino Incredible. was fine. El Camino was what fine. El Camino, El Camino was fine. But it also didn't answer any questions that it I fucking had. It was, no, it was just for fun. It was just for fun. <laughs> Better Call Saul. Awesome. Dynamite. Yes, yeah, yeah, Better Call Saul is... I actually... No. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. Better than Breaking Bad. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I I do... You like, towards the end, the reason I didn't like it, 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 on successive rewatches of Breaking Bad, I do not like 
I liked Walter White at the beginning and rooted for him. You're supposed to him, like him. But he's yeah, a piece of shit. At yeah, the beginning, he becomes worse and worse. That's but the whole, that's the that's the whole no, thing. No. Is like, why am I watching this now? The why first, am I going to rewatch because this? Because the first time you watch it, he's not. He's not. You're I kind of still was. rooting. No, not, I was rooting for him the entire beginning. Time. You're rooting for him from the start, and it gets yeah. harder and harder to root for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the beginning of Better Call Saul, once because you have that context, you know who Saul is. Once he kills Jesse's girlfriend, dead. There's no going. Straight to jail. Hate you. Dead. Don't collect two hundred. Once he starts like, uh, like emotionally abusing his wife, and nah, dude, fuck Skyler, fuck no, Skyler. She sucks. There could be a whole she podcast on his, us on us ranting about that. She saved his ass so many fucking times let because know. he let, let his ego get in the way. A weird one-off of Better Call Saul and no, or Breaking Bad. Let's just do Breaking Bad. And let's just stick to Breaking we're Bad. We're gonna do it anyway. I think. Okay, we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna do so it. So I'm gonna go ahead with my number three because it is Squid Games. Okay. So I feel like okay. It is so games. both. Okay. All right. Okay. So instead of we can just have a little final wrap up. I agree yeah. with literally everything that you said. Did yeah. you do your number four? Yeah, it was Cedar. Oh, oh yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Palm directed by Palmer Sturman. Yes. Directed, literally directed by Palmer. The only directed, thing, created, <laughs> set the, oh, house built by. <laughs> the only thing that would have been better about Seder was if uh, William Defoe was in it. <laughs> no, you like me, Seder, yeah. <laughs> But no, I agree with everything that yeah. you said about uh, Squid Game. And it took me a little while to start watching it because people had been talking about it. And I was just kind of like, what is it about? Like, I don't care. In my head, it was just, it's just another but then, take on Battle Royale. But then and Ben just, and I watched Squid, no, it. No, that's the thing. Like, it, it's... I don't it, know Battle Royale. It's, it's not related at all. You should watch that film. Well, I no, will what, watch what's the Battle Royale right? if you watch Quick Game. There's you, a difference between an hour and a half investment and, and an eight, like hour eight hours. Investment. Yeah, true. So, <laughs> but you know what Battle Royale is, though, yeah? I mean, I know what a Battle Royale is. You've seen, uh, what's the Jennifer Lawrence movies, the American version? Uh, Hunger, Hunger Games? Games? Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. It's, it's Hunger it's, Games. Hun- Hunger Battle Games Royale is because is, of Battle Royale. Is, yeah, Ooh. exists because. But Ooh. Battle Royale is actually, like, brutally violent. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but no, Squid Games, nothing like Battle Royale. Because um, they're not really fighting each other. Yeah, they get yeah. and some of them just get murked out in like the first 20 seconds. It's oh, great. Because yeah. <laughs> right. they start off with 130 people, 160 people. There's a shit ton That's of people. There's a lot of folks. And then like in the first game, the red light, green light, like probably 50% of them just get shot and yeah. die. At, at least, <laughs> There's yeah. so much blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with everything you said. Number three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Squid Game. My number three is St. Maud. So okay. Uh, so good. Directed by Rose Glass. Yep. This is her first film. Yeah. So, uh, well, first feature length film. Yes. So, for our super fans, and you know who you are, we know who you are, playing at home, you might remember St. Maud showed up on one of our top fives from last year. Yes. Yes. It was in mine. I will reiterate. Some, somebody managed to get their hands on it. Before I watched, anybody else could. <laughs> I watched a recorded version of somebody watching it in the movie theater yes. in a British movie theater. Yeah. It so, was not, I rewatched it now. Much better quality. So I, would, I would like to reiterate that while I'm not discounting it uh, from Alex's list from last year, because it te- technically get made in 2020. We go well, I guess by, in some places released in 2020. And, and in some places released in 2020, we go by okay. U.S. release. Okay. I guess I'm just officially like a speaking. Total but person. Alex is Canadian, and yeah. and so I'm a red coat. It, she's different <laughs> rules. Different rules for me. Yeah. Look, she established already by putting Sater on her list that she's a fucking hipster. So <laughs> there we go. Alex was into this movie before Palmer even saw it. Yeah, it's it's true. <laughs> it's true. That is 100 percent correct. Um, the the thing about this film is it is uh, it is one of of two movies on my list that do not leave you feeling anything but 
but just absolute devastation yep. for everybody involved throughout the course of this it's entire so film. I love this movie. It's it was one of, so good. It's one of the bleak... It, the, it is only followed up in bleakness by my next movie on my list, <laughs> which is infinitely more bleak than Palmer this was. Palmer loves a bleak bitch. The, I, do, I, love, I love a movie that you Dude. sit down and watch that makes you feel like absolute shit by yep. the time it's over. Yes. <laughs> He's so, such a masochist. So in, in, in contradiction to what my number five movie was, Coming Home in the Dark, where like the ending is just so open-ended and kind of like, huh? The ending of this movie was yeah. fucking perfect. Yeah, it so was. Good. I couldn't so imagine good. a better film. Fucking so, so good. And like the, the the way they shot it, fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so so you know, just 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 fast forward for. I'm only gonna rant about thirty seconds about the ending of this film, but so fast forward for about thirty seconds, starting now. <laughs> when she the best the best absolute best part of this of her immolating herself at the end of this movie is the fact that at the last second of the film you get to see what's actually, <laughs> actually happening it's so good and it's the it's perfect so nail in the coffin yeah. to the they whole thing quick, they this. do that quick flash of like yeah. the people on the beach yeah. seeing they're her just like what the or, fuck is she doing because like, <laughs> like, you see it from her standpoint right like she sees all the people and it's like that, that rainbow yeah. light behind them and, yeah. she, and, thinks and, she's and like, it, yeah. she thinks she's like she thinks she's like ascending or whatever and yeah. then it flashes to the other side of the people just like watching her on fire She's beach. screaming at the top. Oh my god, it's so good! It is like one of the best fucking punchlines to a to a to one of the darkest jokes yeah. that I've ever seen was, in my fucking life. I was life. not sold on this movie at all until that scene. Oh my god! All right, cut off. Talk about the ending. That's that's the thirty second mark. So welcome back. Uh, the 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 <laughs> Saint Maud strongly recommend it. And and I have to say. Um, both and God, I'm gonna butcher these names. I think it's Morfid Clark and Jen, Jennifer L. L. I think is her last name, or Ely, maybe. Um, I really want to see those two in more films, especially Morfid Clark, because she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose Glass might what a movie this is her first movie, th- full yeah, feature length, her first yeah. feature length film, feature length directed. This yeah. is she didn't write this though, right? I think she did. Um, I think did she, she, yeah, I, I believe think she, she did, did write it. What a fucking this, entrance. This was yeah. directed and and what a twist everything everything it, about this film it's was the equivalent of kicking down a door and just dropping your nuts on the table in front of like every CEO in existence. I was going to say it was done with confidence, but yes, like that. <laughs> yeah, it, like she she brings a a level of confidence to her filmmaking that you don't see from people that are just starting off, yeah. right? You, you generally, when I think of films that are um, an uh, an example of of somebody getting their start, I think of like Clerks. I think yeah. where they're where Which they're good. They're, yeah. they're endearing films, but they're <clears throat> flawed. Yeah. This I've watched it three times now, and I can't find a single fucking problem yeah. with it. This movie's fucking great. This this movie is not in my top five. It was the hardest thing for me to kick out of my top five, and I think the only reason I did is because. Alex out hipstered us. Mm. I think it is the only reason this movie did not show up in my top five. <laughs> I think that you guys are doing a better job of explaining it than I did. That's so. fine though. But that's like, because we got to see the actual movie. We didn't get to see somebody the back of somebody's there was head legit watching this stand, movie. There was yeah. legit people standing up halfway through the movie. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see it so bad because I it looked so good. Yeah. If you want to see an extremely poignant take on the destructiveness of blind faith. This mm-hmm. is the movie to watch. Yes, um, absolutely. That, that's the and best. Martyr, that, martyrdom. That, is, that is the best way that you could put it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that there's any um, 
other more apt description that I can give this other than what yeah. I just said. So Des- destructive blind faith, and not just religion, anything, literally anything. Yeah. You you could replace Jesus and Mary Mag because uh, Mary Magdalene was the saint, the patron saint yes, that she yeah. had, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could replace those with whatever. Pick a you know politician. Pick a pick a Pokemon card. Pick a Pokemon card. <laughs> pick a Pikachu. You know, pick pick yeah. your band. Are you Slayer or Metallica? Absolute utter blind faith. Yeah. The the true destructive nature of utter blind faith. Yeah. I think it's great. I think there's a lot more allegories that you can take away oh, from God, this yes. film than just that. But but oh. that is ultimately. Although now I want to see Slayer versus Metallica. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 my number three. All right. Your last on the list for number three, Sam. What you got? So my number three. Sorry, I need to open my list real quick. Uh, there it is. Uh, my number three is the Night House. Okay. Uh, See, I feel like every year when we do this, when we start getting into the top three, that's where we start to get like yeah, really retread. Some melting. Yeah, <laughs> retread um, stuff with one another. The Night House could have been higher rated for me if it wasn't that they gave it away. Halfway through. How did they give it away? So when... so the whole, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I was utterly engrossed in this film. <laughs> and even giving it away... I was like, what's happening? E- e- even giving it away, they still did a very good job. Um, so the whole thing is this, this woman who's a teacher uh, goes back to her job teaching, you know, absentmindedly while she's getting over the uh, abrupt and unexpected suicide of her husband on the lake. Right. Uh, at their house, uh, he rode himself out and rode in a little boat uh, out in the middle of the lake and just shot himself in the face. Um, as she's, you know, kind of reeling from that and going back to work, and despite, very soon after, it very happened, soon after, to the point like, where like people are like, you know, you don't have to do this. She's like, I don't, you don't have to be here. To do. <laughs> um, yeah, you could just like sit at home and wallow in pity. <laughs> drink like a normal brandy. Yeah, just drink, just drink brandy. It's an acquired. Brandy. It's an acquired taste if you haven't acquired yet. Um, you know, you you don't have to come back to deal with parents complaining about the fact that you gave their student uh, their kid a C. Um, <clears throat> you know, she she's trying to figure out why she's trying to deal with the fact that her husband killed himself, and then she realizes she realizes that there's another woman. Uh, and then not only is there another woman, there's all these drawings and weird things. There's the construction plans for her house, but then there's the same thing for the, the, the her house, but backwards, like someone traced over In it. the middle of the woods across and, and the then, lake. And then she encounters that house in the middle of the woods. She encounters a weird statue. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Don't want to give too much of it away because I feel like this movie was a later in the year release. I, f- I feel like yeah. this came out in like November, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, like I, I don't want to give too much away. I, I I don't know how I figured out what the context was when she was going through those journals. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay. So there's a the demon. Just, yeah, and the, the description of the movie was kind of like a little telling, right? Yeah. They're like, I was like, so there's a demon, and this husband tried to trap the demon in the flipped version. When you read his, when she's going through his journal, or yeah, his, because he's go- an architect, yeah, right? Yeah, so he, he, helped build, he helped build the or house he that they built lived it. in. He yeah. built it. And then you see all these journals where he's got the exact same house, but he's built it a, a mirror image of it in the woods. And he said to keep it in or to trick it. And so they 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 give it away, kind of, sort of there. And I was just like, eh. I wish they had held off on that because yeah, in my head I was just like, okay, so there's a demon, and they tried to trap it in the opposite, in the flip side, the mirror image of this reality. See, I did not pick that up. I was like, what the fuck yeah. is so going like, on? I, I think that's probably the only reason why this movie isn't rated higher for me. 
that being said, uh, this is another one of those movies. There's not a lot of actors. Yeah, uh, you know, you get your. That was a that was a pretty general theme with a lot of the the good horror that I yeah. think came out this year. Uh, I think that that's the best thing about horror movies when they don't have super famous yeah. people. Yeah, them. so like not super famous. There's not a lot of people in the scenes. <laughs> that a lot one of the guy times. though, the the husband is now in Archive 81. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but Very usually good. it's it's a lot He's of great. it's a lot of scenes where it's like one person by themselves so they really just get to kind of own it yeah um and the this, main character the woman she, so she did she's, a great job she's british right yeah. she's so good she did uh, a fantastic job rebecca hall yeah. yeah she's phenomenal um that scene where she's talking to the mother about her kids stupid c grade yeah and she's oh it was perfect i was, it was perfect. like i rewound and watched that scene Three times. What grade do you want? Because <laughs> I'm sorry, my husband hilarious. just went and shot himself in the face, and the mom was just like, the because fuck? The yeah. funniest, Drop mic, dude. Because yeah. the funniest thing is, she ups the grade a second time. Yeah. She does. Which is fucking hilarious. She's like, oh, you yeah. want an A? Take I, an A. I, I yeah. laughed so fucking hard at that scene, because I've got friends that are teachers that go Especially through the same shit with, pa- like, COVID. And, yeah, I was going to say, in the pandemic. And they're like, we just don't care. Yeah. Just, yeah. Whatever. Oh, she was, but she's such an amazing, <laughs> she was an amazing actress. But I yeah, want to see all the things that she does. The scenery was great. Um, yeah. The one thing I will say, which is uh, an interesting tie to what is going to be my worst movie of the year, <laughs> are the scenes where the stereo would turn on randomly Okay. in this one. You don't like that? <coughs> no. I thought this movie did it really well. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it was something that showed up in a couple of movies I watched this year, uh, which is a weird, a weird trend that I saw this year. Not in spooky horror movies. Spooky haunted that's house true. ones. That's a that's a huge thing. Going back to Rebecca Hall real quick. Yeah. Does she not remind you guys a little bit of Shelley Duvall? A little <gasps> bit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like like very very shining esque. Yep. Like like the well, breakdown she's... to reemergence. But with Shelley Duvall, we only see the breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, well, they're both kind of like long brown. Yeah. Yeah. Gaunt, gaunt, like gaunt looking people like... who are clearly go- like in the movie, clearly going through some shit. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> shit. Like, yes, the, a lot of the emotional responses mm-hmm. she had also really made me feel like I was watching The Shining. And we like... love a Shelley Duvall yeah. on this podcast. We okay. do. I don't want to go too much into this movie because I know that somebody's going to talk about this uh, again in, yes. in their top two. Yes. Um, so uh, I guess that puts us into movie or number show two. number two. Number two. Right? Number two. Yeah. Who wants to kick this one off? Have we all started one yet? I'll go. Uh, my number two was Midnight Mass. Okay. God damn, I love this series. What a good series. It's, what it's, a good series. Mike Flanagan, you're a fucking god. You I can't, feel like you, it, everything he touches gold. It was the most Mike Flanagan of the Mike Flanagan things that we've watched. Yeah. But I appreciate that. I feel like the, the creativity and storytelling in this show was like... It was, it so, was perfection. It was, it, it, and I, I don't like using that word, but it was. When you say it was the most Mike Flanagan thing that Mike Flanagan's done, yeah, actually makes sense. Because this is coming on the heels of Hush, Gerald's Game, yep. um, Haunting mm-hmm. 1 and 2. 1 and 2. He's got this entire uh, you know library of stuff that he's done. That's for Netflix. Him, for ne- yeah, specifically for Netflix, which is actually really unusual. Um, that has helped him build his... Uh, you know, Universe. visuals. Yeah, the the cinematography, the way mm-hmm. that he writes things, yeah, uh, the dialogue the between dialogue. the characters. And yeah, the, this series was a perfect culmination of everything you've seen him do before. Yeah, the, I feel like I feel like everything. Yeah, everything that he had been doing before was kind of building up to this point. Yes, and 
and was executed so flawless, yep. flawlessly and just, just throughout the course of the series. Like I, I knew this what was show coming. Was perfect. The only thing about I the show. The, the only thing about the show, and so I, I'm going to go ahead and jump in right here because I'm going to say this was my number two as well. Okay. Um, so Alex and I are on the same wavelength here. I don't know what Palmer's number two is, so you can just pick up from there. So Alex and I are joint number twoing this one. Okay, perfect. Uh, we're, we're joint pooping. Did you know what was happening? <laughs> no, I had no idea. Oh, I knew it by the end of episode three. But yeah, I by knew the it was end a vampi- of, yeah. vampire. By the end of episode three, it was. Yeah, by the end of episode three. <laughs> but I remember, I remember texting you guys. I love that they're like, I, I think we were fine. all. I think we were all watching this show the pretty same, much at the same time. Yeah, I think so Palmer I, started I it. it. Yeah, I start like literally Netflix put it up, and I was done with yeah, it eight hours later. <laughs> so and he was like, I just watched Alex the whole thing. Were, yeah. Alex and I were watching like watching it pretty much at the same time, and yeah. I just remember texting in our thread. I was just like, man, those poor animals. What was it? Was it the cats? The cats? The cats on the beach? I was like, why is it always cats? I was, Why like, is it I was like fucking cats. I was like these poor cats because I've just got like an army of cats at home. And I'm just like sometimes I kind of wish you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> the characters in this movie, I also or show rather, I feel like are some of the most well written, believable characters. Yeah, they're all very that live on this out. on this small, isolated seaside island, right? But not completely cut off from society. Like there's a boat yeah. and there's a doctor, and they leave. But I just feel like if you spend any time on like small maritime. Islands, like that is what those yeah. people are like. They're yeah. close knit so, community. Everyone knows everybody. Like what amazing character storytelling in this show. So it I'm, is, I'm, it's I'm, fantastic. I'm glad you you brought this up um, so that I'm not alone here because this was my number two, and this was the reason why I asked uh, when Palmer was talking about Fear Street mm. about you know would it work as, a, as as an episodic series versus three individual movies? Would this show work as a series of movies? Given that everything else that Mike Flanagan's, well, not everything else, but like, you know, he did Gerald's Game, he did Hush, he did the two series for the Hauntings, yeah, um, which were already based on you know pre-built concepts, yeah, loosely, loosely, loosely. 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 If you read but The Haunting it, of Hill House, it is nothing, nothing like, like that. It's nothing show. like that. But the, the names the, are the, the same. That's the like concepts it. are there. Um, well, it's a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, but th- this is like a brand new thing. It's very creative. Would this have worked uh, if Netflix decided to release it as like a series of movies? I don't think so. so. Is there a way that he could have written this to have uh, have been done as you know a limited series of movies? If they maybe would have gone off the, if they would have spent more time with the the people who are realizing what's happening off the island to the mainland, like doing the scientific tests or like checking the bait, you know, there was too much in the one specific location that I feel like it would make it hard to make it separate yeah. movies. Yeah, so they um, kind of focused on like off the island life and what people think about the people living on this island. One of the the thing the or thing in Jerusalem that would have also been Yeah, that would have been that, cool. Yeah. So the <laughs> thing that I think kind of like is the difference between something like this and and something like Fear Street is Fear Street's a slasher. You don't mm-hmm. really like there is character development that is taking place, right? But it's an yeah. overarching story and it's and it's loose and it doesn't need yeah. to be um really explored. With Midnight Mass, part of the reason that I think it was so engrossing was because of the fact that you, by the end of this series, you feel like you genuinely know every single character. I'm not much for I felt like I lived there. Yeah, I yeah. Like, <laughs> like literally. I'm not much for for um, super sappy stuff, which mm. which the ending of the series is it's it's pretty sappy, but you're on such an emotional level with some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the love interest uh, Riley, I think his name was. Yeah. Um, when 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 it comes to a close, 
you feel a profound sense of loss. You do. And I don't think, and I think that's the reason that this was so good and so well executed is because it's just as much a tragedy. It's it's like it's like a Shakespearean tragedy covered in, in, in like with <clears throat> with with a horror um, cover mm-hmm. to it, and it's and it's because of that like that that I think it's so successful. I feel like with with 1984, yeah, you get the gore and the viscera and the and the fun of a slasher film in three overarching movies that are punch by punch about on par with one another. This. D- requires the character yeah. development. This is not fun. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not meant to be fun. It's no. bleak. It's bleak and depressing pretty that, much from the start. That last scene though, or I don't know if it's I don't know if it's really the last scene, but that scene where the sun is coming up, right? Yeah. And Well, which one with with the two of them sitting in the boat no, or with, with everybody whole, on the beach? With, with everybody on the beach. Okay. And there's okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, they're vampires. Everyone on the town ta- everyone in the town, right, is accepting their fate and being with their family. Yeah. And have like we we, this, we fucked this up. Is their, this is their last sunrise. Yeah, except for the one woman who is like, you know, the crazy lady, right? Yeah. The one who orchestrated this whole thing because of her, because of her blind because, faith, and her and her want to be in a position well, of power, and her. She's just a fucking bitch. <laughs> she's oh, 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 oh! You're talking about like the preacher right hand. You're yeah, talking, uh, you, what she's the hell not talking about Kate. What the fuck whatever. is her name? What was her name? Um, Bev. Bev. Yeah, Bev. Bev. Oh my god, what a detestable character! Right, right, right. But I want to talk about that real quick because I want to see her in more. She was a fantastic she fucking was. actress, and aside from Kate Siegel, there was nobody better than 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 she her. She was in also the really. She had series. a very small portion in Hush. She was great in it. Yeah. And um, so she it, should be in more things. Yeah, she it, was fantastic. But that scene, like, though, where everyone else is accepting their faith, or their and she fate collapses and, to the ground and tries and like, to dig her yeah, hole and yeah. is fighting it. Like I just was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, so satisfying. You're, you're rooting for her to watch. You're you're yeah, waiting you, for her to get get her come up and yeah, because like and because it was of so the, fucking the devastation sweet. of blind faith. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. it, it's it's yeah. it's really interesting because you know Mary's not a huge horror fan by any means. She doesn't really care for it. She really enjoyed. Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. I'm still trying to get her to watch this series, okay. now, knowing full well that the scene with all the cats on the beach, I'm going to have to just tell her like ahead of time, like we're just going to skip this or like cover your eyes or something. But they're not real. Mm. They're not real. They're not she, real she, cats. She, she doesn't do well with any animal-related stuff. Um, they didn't actually kill 400 I, cats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike Flanagan's a real dick. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah, and for I guess scene, he's a dog uh, person. I wanted it to be really authentic. Yeah, we just went around New York collecting cats off the street. I was going to say they adopted 400 SPCA. <laughs> no, it's, then it's, killed them. It's really, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, at this point, everything that I've seen Mike Flanagan do... It's, just gets better and better because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how he's going to top this because I, I genuinely I don't think either. that this. I think the small, the small amount of stuff that I genuinely think was good from this year. I think this this reigns king. I just don't put series on top of right Movies. on the on, on personally. So, I, I just don't put series oh, on, this, on my okay. list so the, for the these. way that I the way that I look at this. The, I do the, the way that I look at you know what, <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. What yeah, Mike fine. Flanagan's done, and in an ordinary year, I wouldn't either. But there was so much stuff that was just fine that I couldn't 
disregard the series that were outstanding. <clears throat> and I'm not, I'm, I didn't mean um, that as like a slight to yeah. you guys or anything. Like, well, like, so you guys but like, he started with the first thing that came on Netflix with Mike Flanagan was Gerald's Game. No, oh, hush. hush. Oh, hush. hush. And yes. then it was Gerald's and then it was Game. Gerald's game. Yeah. I feel like Gerald's Game was, uh, hush was, was better. Yeah, hush, hush, was, hush, hush was, was better. Gerald's Game, so the way that I, the way that I've viewed Mike Flanagan is Mike Flanagan is what we get if Ari Aster was, had the backing of something like Netflix. Right. Mm. They recognize talent. They I think, I think well, Hush was was enough to set the to set the uh, foundation for him, mm-hmm. and then he just took it and ran with it and proved again and again and again yeah. that even with his with his his uh, faults, because he, there has been like for instance for me, I I didn't like Haunting of Hill House. It just mm-hmm. wasn't for me. Right. I loved the second part of that, but the right. first part was not for me. Yeah. Um, so even with with the weaker material that he's put out, it's still consistently good. And if you're going to continue building and building and building, and it culminates into something that is that might actually have been one of the most perfect miniseries horror yeah. miniseries of all time. And I'm not a, I'm not afraid to say that about this right about Midnight Mass. And that's even knowing that it's, it's fucking a good investment from Netflix's. Perspective, so, right? but, but how like, do you top that? <laughs> I don't know. But that's the thing. I, don't know. I, I honestly, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't care if he does because what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing with Mike Flanagan, it's the same thing I, I was seeing with Ari Aster. Is like every everything that those two work on, mm-hmm. their the next project has bits and pieces from each one, and they're they're continuing to grow. And sometimes, sometimes they're going to try something that's not going to work, like Gerald's game didn't exactly hit the nail on the head. But there are aspects. But there were aspects from Gerald's game as far as like the cinematography and the way that uh, you know the the sets were designed that you see carry over. He's doing the fall of the house of Usher yes. next. Yeah. Yep. With Mark Hamill. Yes. Yeah. What was that that we just watched recently that with Mark Hamill get in fucking it? Fucking weird, man. Uh, was it his dick? Was it his dick? What movie was that? The the fucking um. <laughs> oh god, not cigarette burns. Uh, I'm excited to see Mortuary Tales, yes. Mortuary, which was Mark Hamill a long time ago. But I'm 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 excited to see Mark Hamill. But in that, things. like that's the thing. Like I'm so excited to see House of the Fall of Usher because I I, yes. I want to see. We love it. What the next little bit that he's just kind of like perfected out of the stuff that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it I, that's why I can't wait for whatever the fuck Ari Aster's got like planned. And I know he already came out and said that like his, his next thing's not going to be a horror movie. Yeah, but, but like I don't care because as a director and the vision that he's got, like I want to so see. So he's saying more. that the fall of the House of Usher is not going to be horror. Ari Aster. Ari oh, Aster, oh, Ari not, Aster. I was like, not, it's a pose. Yeah, <laughs> of no, no, no. Oh, you're talking about uh, the Viking thing that he's got coming. Yeah. Dude, I, my, I'm just fucking. Oh, was ready. that the one with Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, and, I like, am fucking like, the ready. Bo- dude. The body. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's not supposed to be like a horror thing. I don't care. But I'm I don't. Ready. But, the, but yeah. that's, that's exactly my point. And that's the same thing that I get that looks so from good. Mike Flanagan. Is I don't care. It could yeah. be horror. It could be not horror. I don't care. Everything that you've done just keeps building on the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. And it just like, keeps getting better. Yeah. And I feel like even with <coughs> with Mike Flanagan, like it's you know, it's not it's horror, but it's also romance and it's also tragedy. Like it's all of these things that are not like. And that's what I really like about his stuff. And that's what I really liked about. There's emotion this. to it, and, yeah. and yeah. generally, it great. Uh, horror with with emotional weight is going to be yeah. better received, so or good. or more memorable. It did feel like you like literally, like it felt Shakespearean. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, did. Absolutely, it did. It did. Um, what, what's your number two? Dark and the Wicked. 
is it's another my one number I got two. queued up that I haven't watched yet. Uh, this was directed by Brian Bertino, who did Black Coat's Daughter, The Strangers, and The Monster. Three Those fucking all, yeah. fantastic movies. The Dark and the Wicked. I was monster talk- or the monster? The monster. Which one was uh, this about again? The Dark and the Wicked was about. So this movie is about a. Uh, it's it's like the <gasps> prodigal daughter returns. Oh, to, when her family dies. Yeah, her. Oh. her, her this yes. was this so was fucked up. The, right, so I've got to watch this, and I've got to watch Sayer. Those, this those was two things this hands down one of the bleakest pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. This was the <laughs> Ethan Frome of fucking filmmaking. I, it. I what, had this on my list last year. <laughs> This also, Alex this also, <laughs> Queen. Once again, this okay. this was it was yeah. technically released last okay. year, but it didn't get oh, a national yeah. release until this year. I love that you reference Ethan Frome. <laughs> well, but it's but it's true. Like yeah. so, so the ending of Ethan Frome, they all sit down mm-hmm. and talk about the 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 fact that there is there is a man who lives with two suitors, for lack of a better word, yep. that have to care for him, and and the sadness that comes from the life at the end of this. This is basically kind of taking a page out of that book because the end of the film is basically like 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 the daughter gets possessed mm-hmm. by whatever has been torturing this family for so long after being a suitor for this for uh, uh, a caretaker for everybody and watching this this family literally deteriorate over the course of days and it it takes things to an extreme. Yep. We have a whole scene that that's like barn. that's yeah, dude, it's wait, intense. Wait, 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 wait. The dark and the wicked. The, yeah. Um, did watch this. Yeah, the, you watched it too. The uh this isn't the one where she goes back to the house that she hasn't been to in a long time and yep. the movie starts with like the grandmother sitting in the chair. Yes, that's success. I did see. Okay. This was on your list last year also. So this you was, managed you managed to see year. this last year too. Okay, so so I, I I watched it this year. It got picked up by Shutter and was released mm-hmm. properly by Shutter yeah. this year. So so yeah, because this got this. All right, that's what it was. This movie did get uh, a release in 2020. It blew up on the festival circuit in, in the summer. Got a U.S. limited release by RLJE Films in 2020, but like very limited. Right around Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Yes. This didn't get, and then RLJE picked, they, they had a limited distribution, and then Shudder got the rights, I think, in February. Yes, I believe Shudder put this up, uh, like, in March or yeah. something like that. So, th- um, this is a weird <clears throat> kind of bridge between the two years. I like, this movie was how the... Yeah, this movie was depressing the de- as fuck. The Holy demonic shit. force or whatever, how it would take different shapes to yeah. visit their home. Yeah. And it, fu- it, fucks, <gasps> it fucks with you mentally. Yeah, it fucks I forgot with about you. this movie. It fucks fuck. with you emotionally. And yeah. then, um, and then it... it, it, it it's this movie is also just like absolutely brutal. When the shit yep. hits the fan, there are some really cringe-inducing scenes in this movie. So uh, uh, that Nicolas Cage film, uh, Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. his wife cuts off all her fingers. Yeah. And stuff. This is the the extreme. There's a scene like that where it's it's it mirrors what's going on, but it's much more brutal. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. watch people cutting carrots in the kitchen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if I see it, I know what's happening. Yeah. And and it's just one of those things. Like so, like and terrible. You know, you know this. You know those fingers are just fake carrots, just covered in latex. Yep. Terrible event for- <laughs> after terrible event happens happens to each family member. Not just the family members, but like the I'm nurse so that's really taking care, that, I, that's I taking care of them. about this movie. God damn, I need to go back and rewatch this. This is okay. this the from start to finish. This is one of the bleakest films I've ever seen in my life. Like there are some bleak. There's genuinely bleak filmmaking out there. Requiem for a Dream comes to mind. No Country for Old Men comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but this might might top. 
all of them because of the fact that like it gives you very briefly at the end of the film a small glimmer of hope and yep. then robs yeah. it from you and rolls credits. When you, you can tell too that it's going to be. And they don't waste time. Either. No, yeah. and, but you can. I feel like you can also tell too with this movie that it's going to be bleak because it's a farm in the middle of nowhere, and the color palette is. It's sad. so deep. It's, it's so desaturated. So sad and gloomy, and this this country house is in the middle of nowhere. Everything's this gray family and brown, is isolated. Like it's a first person shooter. They're all alone. Yeah. They have no <laughs> one else. Like, oh, it's just like as soon as the movie opened, I was like, oh, this is not a place that you no. want to hang out. This is gonna be a sad. Ride. This is gonna be a <laughs> fucked up ride. But there's 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 like some there's some energy behind this film that I don't think exists in a lot of like modern filmmaking. Yeah, that's yeah. not commu- It's 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 not like like forced down your throat. Yeah. It's just. It just oozes this eeriness and this bleakness from start to finish that is unspoken. Yep. And it's not directly like called to. Every scene is just it it's devoid of any happiness. Yeah. And this is this is like the it's like it's like watching Requiem for a Dream where like you 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 conclude the film and you just kind of have to sit there in silence for yeah. a few minutes and reflect on what you just watched, and and then you stand life. up and say, "Well, I'm going to go kill myself." Yeah. And this this is this is the closest thing because they never give it a name. It's never like it, yeah. It's it's just this thing that's happened. It's just, a presence. That's, it's just that's a presence. probably I think what does the best job is that they don't name. Yeah. It. And and up until the end of the film, you're not actually sure whether or not this is just like extreme grief. Yeah. That this family is it's going a, through. Because that's how, actually that, that's how the movie positions itself. The, the protagonist right? is she's an unreliable narrator, right? Because yeah. she's gone through this trauma and she's been looking after these people and she yeah. is sent to be the only person left to clean up the mess, right? Like she's an unreliable narrator. You don't know if she's losing her mind yeah. or if everything is actually happening to her. Yeah. And it's just and honestly, if you'd sent me to that location, those are your two options as well. I would have dipped out such a long fucking time ago. Yeah. So <laughs> bye. So like I don't I think the best word I can use to describe this is just nasty. This whole movie is just nasty. Like there's nothing there's nothing really like good uh, about it's it's a great piece of filmmaking in the fact that it revels in in being vile from start to finish and there's nothing good to take away from it. And if you really are in the mood for a movie that's just going to suck any fucking source of of happiness out of you, this is the movie to do it and it's this is another. We kind of talked about Mike Flanagan and getting better and better and better. Um, this is this is Brian Bertino's yeah masterpiece yeah. so far, so far, and I am very interested in seeing if he can kind of strike twice with this. Yeah. Um, because while Black Coats to Black Coats Totter was also a fantastic so piece of 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 yeah uh, bleak filmmaking, this amplified that to a whole nother level i don't know that he can top this and if he does somehow manage to come up with a way to do that i will be profoundly impressed because this was this was um i walked into this expecting to enjoy it i did not (laughs) walk out of this it was not an enjoyable movie enjoy isn't the right word (laughs) but damn if i don't have a hell of a lot of respect for it yeah that movie stressed me the fuck out it is it's stressful it's it's, that's a good way because there's not like once once the ball starts rolling it Mm -hmm. just you ever careens downhill you ever watch those movies and this so like this happens to me when i'm on like conference calls where like i get sweaty 
Yeah. Like physically sweaty. Oh yeah. yeah this is a, this is a this is a movie yeah. that like stress, after the movie. Like stress yeah, sweat. I, I was legitimately like, and it was like smelly sweaty. Yep, yeah. That's the stress like, sweat. Oh god. Like I need a shower. Yep. Yeah. So and it doesn't do it like when when we say stressed. I mean, it's not like Evil Dead where like it just starts piling on and it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of like, this is, this is a very, very slow burn. It's just event after event is, is, yeah, it's, it's more and more and more uncomfortable as things progress. And, uh, um, very if you haven't seen it or if you're late to the game like me, I strongly recommend checking it out. It is on Shutter. Yep. Very, very good. So that's everybody's number two, five through two. Yep. Yep. All right, before before we jump into ones, we're gonna do uh, any honorable mentions. Okay. And then I guess worst of the year, so that we have that kind of like worst, Buffer. and then this is the best. Okay. Well, oh, I would love to talk about my worst. I yeah. can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, honorable mentions for my list. I've got a quiet place part two, wrong turn, malignant. Mm-hmm. The boy behind the door. I'm still upset that I watched Malevolent by accident, <laughs> thinking I was watching Malignant, <laughs> and I got really confused about why everybody was talking about it. The first five minutes of our first ten minutes of A Quiet Place, yeah, the, one of the best ten minutes of cinema I've ever seen. <laughs> it does, yeah, it is, yeah. It was like boom, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Candyman. That's my that's okay. my honorable mentions. Uh, my honorable mentions. This first batch, I'm going to lump into a group called eco horror. Mm. Okay. Um, so in in this category, you have Gaia, Into the Earth, and the Feast. Okay. Gaia's been on a lot of uh, lists, and so has the Feast. I've not seen yeah. either of them. <laughs> so these these three movies all tell kind of a similar tale of you know humans and the way they interact with the environment around mm-hmm. them. Um, they all tell it a little bit differently. They all do some different things very well. Uh, all three of these movies have major holes. Which one? Sorry, sorry. You said Gaia, The Feast, and what was the other one? Into the Earth. Okay, that's the one I didn't see. Um, so Gaia, really, really, really cool, like, practical effects. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of, like, uh, mushrooms and fungus and stuff growing on people. They and were growing very out of good. People. Um, and there were a lot of comparisons for this movie to The Last of Us as far as, like, the, the main, one, once these, like, fungal things becomes like alive they kind of mm-hmm. look like the the, the clickers the clickers um and it was done really well into the earth uh really cool do not watch that movie if you've got epilepsy um because oh. like the last 20 minutes is literally just like flashing lights mm. constantly uh, <laughs> okay. it, was there like a warning before you watched it there is actually okay they, i remember they, when i went to go see the last movie. twilight movie in the movie theater there was no warning oh really and someone in front of us had a seizure oh fuck. yeah oh no and so i went to go <laughs> oh my god this is so embarrassing so i went to go see it again in the theater like a month later and they had a warning yeah no so so the the whole thing the whole thing with into the earth is um the, the these people doing research in the in the woods trying to uh communicate with a sorcerer who has like kind of embedded themselves in into the earth um and the way that this one scientist is trying to do it is via lights and noises okay mm-hmm. oh that does um, sound like it would be an epileptic yeah. trigger um, so it's crazy and then so is this like altered states yeah like, sort of okay yeah. uh and then the feast uh i know i talked about this one a lot i think in november mm-hmm. um it was a, uh, I want to say Irish film. It was um, from Wales. Wales, yeah. 
Um, Welsh. It was Welsh. It was Welsh. So, uh, so there are subtitles. So what is, yeah, so, which is not English. No, not at all. <laughs> it is a completely different language, which I did not know. Yeah, um, there are subtitles. But a really cool movie. Really cool movie. Really well done. But again, uh, all three of these movies have some really good stuff to them. Um, they've all got some serious flaws as well. Uh, but I think as a category, uh, 2021 did a very good job with eco-horror. I agree. Okay. I thought Welsh was just going to be English with a very heavy accent. <laughs> That's what I expected as well. I, I feel really ignorant. That's what you expected as Welsh? Um, yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, how, how fucking ignorant. <laughs> this is why the rest of the world hates Americans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I consider myself to be a very well-rounded person. I just And as soon as I saw the subtitles, I was like, of course. Like, of, of course it's not in English. It's yeah. Welsh. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, the, the other movies I have on my honorable mentions that we have not already talked about, like St. Maud, um, are The Advent Calendar, which was oh, one of like my one. early contenders for my top that five. That was very good. That, yeah, it's yeah. very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one I think is going to show up in somebody's best of, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, my Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Um, fantastic drama. Genre adjacent. Yeah, um, I'd agree. And then the last one I have is uh, Titan, uh, okay. or in English, Titanium. Uh, this one was brought to us by the director of Raw. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Again, people like this movie. Again, it, uh, mm. body horror. Uh, yeah, it, it's very much, much a body horror film. It's not particularly a horror film by any means. Again, I think it's more drama, mm. um, but very good. And the the body horror that is in this movie is. Really well done. It's also a very fucking weird French movie. Okay. Well, I, I loved Raw, so I'm definitely going yeah. to check this out. Raw. Um, but yeah, I think those are my honorable mentions that not that are not or have not already been mentioned. Okay. Um, mine were, I feel like we've talked about some of them. Uh, Nighthouse, A Quiet Place 2, Gaia I had on that list. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. That was a lot more fun than I expected it, was, it to be. I was pleasantly I, I surprised. Went into, I went into that movie expecting it to be garbage, just yeah. like you know, a bunch of other like horror movies from the eighties that got they a you know, got a remake or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, what was the one that a Black Christmas? Like, it was terrible. The, oh, it was awful. But I yeah. also love Black Christmas. Yeah, and so like I expected it to be more like that. But no, yeah. uh, I, I'm with you. That that mm-hmm. was actually surprisingly good. And then I really liked Slacks. Okay. Yeah, was, I did too. I'm, I'm in your camp. I thought. I, I thought it was at the great. last maybe ten minutes, I was like, okay. But I did a, not care for that. Movie I just at love all. the little pants like eating the blood. <laughs> I just thought like it was soak, <laughs> soaking it up like a sponge. Um, and then the last one on my list is one. Um, it's an A twenty four Jenks called False Positive. Did you guys watch that? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So it's a modern remake or a modern retelling of Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. Except instead of um, the devil, it's kind of. It's a woman who's struggling with fertility, so they do IVF, and Pierce Brosnan is, is the her doctor. I did watch that. Yeah, hmm. right? And there's the scene with Pierce Brosnan and what's his name? Uh, not Justin Trudeau. <laughs> That's the prime minister. Uh, as soon as you said Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, I remember that. And they're making out, and it's so good. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait. Oh, man. There's so, see, that's the thing. There are, has, there's a lot of stuff I watched this year that I completely forgot about. So it's hmm. written by, and it stars uh, Ilana Glazer, or Glazer, who's mm-hmm. from Broad City. Yeah. It was, I did it was watch a very, this. Yeah, there was a Hulu film. Yeah, it's not a. I mean, an ori- a completely original concept. Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau. Of, yeah. uh, it's not a completely original concept, obviously, but it does. It, it really works into the idea, like, 
uh, quote unquote like mommy brain and how people sort of gaslight women when they're pregnant and how like fertility was, troubles. It's a very good. That movie. was another big theme this year. Gaslighting it was gaslighting women like uh, <laughs> like Lucky. I know uh, we talked about this one before the podcast. Um, that along with eco horror, I feel mm-hmm. like you know gaslighting women was another big theme in movies this year. Great, mm. people do that all the time. They should stop. Man, I forgot about that movie completely. Yeah, Shit. that right. was that was. Um, I remember that was actually. I, I actually enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I don't you said that was a Hulu thing. Yeah, yeah it's on Hulu. It's on um, Hulu. I'm gonna check this out. It was my. If we we're, it would be number six on my list. It didn't have okay. the best. There was definitely some. As soon as you said Pierce Brosnan, I remember it. But the yeah. thing is, I don't remember anything about the movie. Okay. It was there was like some trippy parts, and it was a little. Uh, there was definitely some flaws to it, but it was a very enjoyable watch. Okay. And I mean, those are my. Honorable mentions. Okay. Who wants to kick off the worst of the year Me. that you watched? All right. Alex, <laughs> Alex is committed to this one. I am going to read this verbatim. So, right, pa- so forgive me if it sounds a bit scripted because it is. <clears throat> okay. I'll be the first one to admit that maybe I just didn't quote-unquote get it when it comes to this movie. But in my opinion, the worst horror movie of 2021 is Malignant. This movie may be James James Wan's worst horror movie, and that in and of itself is a very bold statement. However, it is one that I am willing to stand by. The marketing and production budget for this film was over $40 million. $40 million for a failed campy horror movie, and if I was James Wan, I would be embarrassed. The whole thing was so heavily reliant on tropes, there were several moments I questioned whether the whole thing was actually satire. I honestly felt like I was being trolled. By the end of the first scene... Or by the end of the first scene where the doctor says, you've been a bad boy, I had a sinking suspicion this movie would be unbearable to watch, and I was right. The film starts out uh, like a good old haunting story, turns into a random slasher, and then ends like John Wick. The characters are unbelievably lazy, the acting was bad, the score was bizarre and unfitting, and the plot was cliche and predictable, but also, for some reason, slow and meandering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, If the film was being intentionally tacky, paying tribute to B-type movies, then I just missed that completely. For all the hype surrounding this movie, it was just bad, and I was excited to watch it. Uh, that being said, I would rather watch 1982's Basket Case on repeat for the rest of my life than ever have to watch another, another two hours of my life. What's wrong with that? No, I love that movie. Yeah. That's why I would rather watch it every single day on repeat. You would? Yes. Okay. Than ever have to watch two hours again with this movie. I fucking hated this movie. Okay. And scene. So, I, like I mentioned, I watched Malevolent by mistake. What is that about? I don't remember. <laughs> So um, it's Ethan Hawke. They yeah. find the things inside the tape. He's no, that's watching. Sinister. He's, is it? Oh. No, yeah, that's Sinister. Uh, what no, is Malevolent? I don't know. I, Malevolent was a 2018 movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, <laughs> Malevolent. Uh, Brother-sister team that fabricates paranormal encounters. Oh, that was also yeah. very bad. Yeah. Also very bad. So I watched that, and I was like, why is everybody talking about this fucking James Wan movie? This is terrible. And then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, Malignant. Mm. So then I immediately went and watched Malignant. I was just like... This movie, aside from the last ten minutes, is absolute dog shit. So you thought the last ten minutes was good? In the prison cell? Oh, oh okay, yeah. Where it takes over and she fucking like, yeah. slaughters everybody? Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But I don't need an hour and 40 minutes of absolute garbage, boring nonsense. Yep. 
This movie was to the try worst. to be buoyed by the last ten minutes, and this was another reason why. And I'm going to say it again, even though uh, I think in our very last episode I changed tune on it so that we could get an episode turned into a Netflix show. But James Wan <laughs> is the McDonald's of horror. But see, I don't agree with that. Some of James Wan's movies are very good. He did Archive 81. That, yeah. the, but that's why he I turned pre- around and said that. Yeah. After Archive 81 came out, I was like, no, maybe I need to say he's the in and out No, <laughs> he's I, the he, I, the, some of the Conjuring movies, like the first original Conjuring movie was Yeah, I thought that was, was very so good. So good. How long ago was that? Oh, my God. Even, okay, <laughs> I was going to say Saw, too, but that's even <laughs> <longer>. <laughs> James Wan has the capability of making wonderful, does. wonderful and films. And there, there, is, there, there is a very important distinction between James Wan directing Director and, James, and James Wan producer. Um because I understand, you know, producer, you're going to throw your money at whatever you think is going to make you more money. Right. right. Whether or not it's good is irrelevant. And this um, movie made its money back. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm with you. I did not like this movie at all. And people really like this movie. Oh, this movie was super popular when it came out. I feel like Palmer has it. just changed his least favorite <laughs> to make me mad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. But that's all I have to say about that um, movie. But yeah. I will I will argue that this movie is awful. Okay. Um, in order to save our most aggressively debated, potentially okay. worst movie, I will go next. Okay. Uh, I will let Palmer save his for last. My worst movie of the year. Mm. Strangely showed up in a lot of top ten lists. I don't know what movie these people watched. <laughs> I think they might have watched the other one that had a similar title. Much like I did with Malignant. Malignant. The movie The Strings. The what? The Strings. The Strings. I have have seen that on a bunch of lists, and I have not seen it. Okay. So, yeah, like Palmer can vouch for it. It's all over the place for the Fangoria fan nomination award thing. So this... Uh, let's see. What? What? I've got the IMDb up right now. I'm looking for the runtime. Uh, runtime is. You said it was an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, like a, yeah, it's a shorter film. I'd say about an hour and twenty minutes. Um, and I watched it with my my. Uh, it's an hour and thirty four minutes. Now I watched it with my sped up, uh, plugin. Um, so I got it down to closer to an hour, um, which wasn't enough. Um, I needed to watch this at double speed so I could get this movie down to like thirty minutes. What's it about? Uh, nothing. <laughs> what is the premise? So, this is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the official synopsis on IMDb. In the dead of winter, a musician travels to a remote cottage to work on new material, but soon finds herself under attack from a mysterious dark presence. Okay. Okay. Sounds like it would be good. You'd think so. <laughs> you, would, you would think so. All right. Before I even mention... Is this mention, the werewolf one? No. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's about a, a guitar. So there's another movie called Strings. Isn't that what you were just saying? No, I'm saying The Strings. Oh, okay. Two separate films, <laughs> similar titles, which is why I feel like a lot of reviewers got confused. Mm. Because in this movie, nothing fucking happens. So, top, the legitimately posted top review on, on IMDb. IMDb. Headline, boring. <laughs> Stay away from this one. One of the most boring films I've seen in my life. The protagonist spends a third of the movie making music, and I barely had any opportunity to know who she is. I wouldn't recommend it. Doesn't tell you much more than the synopsis So she makes does, right? music, yeah. hence the strings. Hence the strings. Which, ironically, there are no strings with it, because she just writes electronic music with a thousand fucking keyboards and vocoders. Oh, so she's mm-hmm. not even playing the cello? No, she's not even playing the cello. Um, some uh, of the guys, other... it's called noise core, and it's uh, <laughs> it's a legitimate art form. Some of the other uh, of the other sixteen user reviews on IMDb. I'm just going to read the headlines here. The saying is like watching paint dry. Snooze fest. 
<laughs> the mundane life of a singer slash songwriter. Like watching paint peel. Well, dot, dot, dot. So Extremely a lot of... <laughs> boring. Okay. Terrible waste of time. Can I say I'll one... never get that time back. Art house piece that misses the mark. A lot of people said that about Seder. Well, those people were apparently wrong. So do you <laughs> so think that these people are were, you, right. were you maybe just not in the right mindset? No, it has nothing to do with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> in this movie, literally nothing happens. So <laughs> this woman shows up. She, I think she went through a breakup is what we're supposedly trying to figure out via some of the text messages she's got going back oh, and forth. I hate that. Yeah. So I think she went through a breakup. She's gone out to this remote cottage to focus on writing her next uh, album. She's got a friend that comes out to take photos of her for the album cover or whatever, and they go out to this abandoned house where apparently at this house, in many years past, all sorts of terrible mishaps have happened, with the most recent one being a husband and wife couple. Uh, one of them, the, the husband was like up on the roof or something on a ladder working, mm-hmm. and he dropped like a hammer or a bucket or something, and it hit the wife in the head and killed her, and then he fell and he died. And, okay. Like, what an unserious spooky, spooky an unfortunate series of events. That they take a bunch of pictures of that. Now, this is another one of those movies. Like, I is the house it. vacant then? Yeah. It's like yeah. decrepit. It's, yeah. an, it's, a, it's a quote unquote haunted house. Yeah. Okay. Um, like the night house is another one of those movies that leaned into the uh, musical instruments or stereos turning on randomly while person's trying to sleep. Okay. Um, there are scenes interspersed. She gets signed up to perform some of her new music at some local tavern or bar or some shit, and she doesn't want to. Literally nothing happens in this movie. What it, is the climax? There isn't one. What is the horror aspect? The, 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 climax of, <laughs> the climax of this movie is her playing at this fucking tavern, playing her goddamn song Does again. Does she die? No. no like, <laughs> nothing happens in this movie. That's like, insane. This is the worst part about <laughs> trying to explain this movie, what and is I, the don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. So there's some spooky stuff that happens in she, the house. In, in the house that she's staying in, there's some spooky stuff that happens. Like she, uh, the friend that took photos for her, they went back to the original haunted house, and apparently, uh, you know, she she walks in and she see because she's had visions or something, and like her friend is like strung up by a noose. Okay. And she gets her friend down and. As she's getting her friend down, she trips and her friend falls and breaks, breaks her, neck. her neck. Like that's so, probably the worst. But that thing didn't that actually happen in real life. No, it did. Oh, it did. Okay. It did. But like that's the worst thing that happens in this movie. And then she just goes back and finishes writing her music and plays this dumbass fucking song at the end of the movie to like an empty bar where the only people there are like the bartender and one patron that was there from the start who's probably <laughs> death or whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> the shittiest thing about saying that this is my, the worst movie I watched this year is I can't even explain. What why it? this movie was so bad because literally nothing happens. It doesn't sound it's good. 94 minutes of nothing, of watching this person trying to write new music and trying to get photos for her album cover and watching her friend die and seeing some spooky shit in her fucking house where she's saying that is in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody else there. Mm-hmm. Right. This movie's pointless. What's the location? Where are we? We're 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 in a secluded rural snow covered area. Okay. Hmm. 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 So like the the only three locations that I recall are this one tavern. Okay. The house she's staying at, and then the house farm place that's it's like a haunted. farmy. Okay, and it's yeah. winter. All and right. it's and, and it's the dead that's, of winter, and everything's covered in snow. That's overdone. Yeah. That that location is done. Mm-hmm. The movie made no sense. It said nothing. I'm going to watch it. It sounds awful. 
It was like that. That's my my biggest problem with it was I've seen bad movies that at least tried to say something, or at least be entertaining. This movie had nothing to say. Mm. If it did, I have no idea what it was. Mm. Okay, all right. Have you? Did you watch Bloodthirsty? Uh, I know I have it queued up. I don't remember if I watched it or is not. Is that this year? Yeah, yeah. This, this year. Which one was that? I think I watched uh, that. Very, very similar <laughs> premise. That's that why I thought that, you were talking that, about. That wasn't the one with Megan Fox, was it? No, 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 no. Uh, which Lauren, I just watched. Lauren Beatty. No, I did not watch Blood uh, It's cute. Gray, an indie pop singer whose, whose first album was a smash hit, gets an invitation to work with notorious music producer Von Daniels at his remote studio in the woods. That <laughs> makes it's snowing. That, tells, that by itself tells you more than anything that happens in this fucking movie, The Strings. Yeah, so so but, but you said this you set it up, right? Like right. for and that's why I thought you were talking about bloodthirsty at first. And I was like, hmm? I wish did I was. Did you get the music? Did you get the pedal rug? I wish I was. Uh, God damn so, this. No, movie so this one fucking waste This one actually time. sounds good though. To uh Daniel Cuz I I also saw bloodthirsty pop up yeah. in a bunch of lists. Yeah, so together he they arrive at the mansion or the house or whatever, uh, but as her work gets emotionally demanding, She's a vegan, and her appetite changes, and she wants to transform it. It seems like <laughs> there's no. nothing that happens. Is she going to eat the people? Way, the way she struggles to write her music, the stuff that she sings about when she does perform it, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, that movie sounded awful. There, there's all right. It's the equivalent of just saying. This movie is that weird diet equivalent of the people that just drink water mixed with cayenne pepper and lemon juice. What? What? You know that like the that like quick way to like lose weight because you're just like starving yourself and all you're drinking is like water why are you with putting, lemon juice and cayenne pepper? Why are you even putting cayenne pepper and lemon juice in there? Just because it like makes you like shit everything out. Apparently. Oh, it's like a detox. Yeah, it, exactly a detox. This movie is a detox from life. Okay. When you just want to zone out for an hour and a half and listen to some weird ethereal electronic music and okay. have, I don't know, pointless images of snow-covered farms also on your screen. But do you shit yourself after it's over? Like I would have given it a higher score if I did. <laughs> like cayenne pepper. If, and... <laughs> if, this, if this movie had elicited any physical response from me, it would have gotten a higher score. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I've never given anything we've ever talked about on this podcast a zero out of five. No. I've never heard you talk so vehemently against a movie than you have about this one. Really? I don't what know. Is this, is this on Shudder? Yeah, where can we watch this? Uh, yeah, it's AMC Plus, so Shudder, yeah. Okay. I don't know who paid. I, I kind of want to see it. I was going to say, well, this is, I feel like we should just yeah, go and watch I, this. I watched, right it on, I watched it on AMC Plus, which, by the way, I know I talked about this one in the past as well. AMC Plus, I'm, I, I'm happy that they've got all their stuff together, but that is literally the worst streaming platform I've ever tried to use in my I life. I resubscribed to Shudder again. I know. Um, but and AM, I have AMC Plus now. AMC for a Plus year. is the worst streaming platform I've ever used. They really need to fix their shit. Um, but no, I don't know who funded this movie. I don't know who paid the director or actors um, or anybody. I don't know how you can get your money back, but this person needs to fucking demand it. All right. Fair huh. enough. <laughs> well, everybody go watch it. This movie is, is a called, zero I'm sorry. Five. Is it The Strings? The Strings. Not Strings. The Strings is... Uh, so I, I got confused because <laughs> I looked it up. Strings is a different movie. Okay. 
So go watch The Strings. And I think string, so Strings in 2004 was a fantasy adventure film in an alternate puppet world. All marionettes are connected to a higher power by their strings. Oh, God, that sounds awful. There's a lot more in that description. So, yeah, wildly different movie. But that one sentence tells you a hell of a lot more than this movie ever fucking did. Mm-hmm. All right, Palmer, hit us with your worst movie of the year. Sam is so mad. Oh, my God. So zero zero <laughs> negative, out of five. Negative? Ne- it, sure, we'll, we'll give our first negative rating. Yeah. I can't. Negative five out of five. I can't. Give me my, give me my hour and a half back. I can't. Twice. Um, I can't say that I abhorred the, the <laughs> movie that I'm about to say quite as much as you did. That deserved, like, like a... Holy shit. I feel like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do an episode on this movie. Please do. I would love to. Uh so so this is really like a tale of two films that like and we kind of discussed this and this is on me because I totally neglected to pick a worst film Mm -hmm. for this list. I only focused on the best ones. What a what an optimist you are. I've been trying. I've been trying. Twenty twenty one was kind to you apparently. (laughs) I really want to think about the good stuff. I've been trying to think of of. The the two movies that popped into my head immediately, one was on so many top ten lists that I can't even begin to fathom. And Alex's top is, like best top ten, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and Alex uh, agreed with me because we watched this movie together and couldn't even when they were like, streaming it live. It. Yeah. On so, the- so I'll I'll argue the point on that movie. So l- okay. l- lucky is is. Is the one that I'm going to go with because I'm pretty sure Alex will chop my head off if I say the other one. Um, and, and we talked about it. We talked we about did. it when we first came back from the podcast. He was going to say Halloween. Which I, I, if you well, want to, if kills. you want to hear Palmer's real response about Halloween kills, I think that was our second episode back after our break. Yes. Yes. So you know, there's two hours there. So like I said, it's a, it's like a it's a it's a tale of two terrible films, and I can't I can't decide which one might have been worse. At least out of the stuff that I I watched this year and. But did you see the strings? I did not see the strings. So I can't I can't comment on this. Uh, but basically, I I Lucky is a film for me that um, really missed missed the mark. I I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, well, no, no, it didn't miss the mark. It beat the mark over its fucking yes. head. Yes, with it, it, a sledgehammer. The mark was pretty clear, and they beat the fuck out. Of it. Yeah, 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 with a sledgehammer until uh, you had no choice but to say yes. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. Um, we watched so Shutter. Shutter did a little bit of a unique thing. It was Halloween, and they were like they were advertising up and down that they were going to be premiering a film that they That's were right. going to be that they were going to have exclusive access to about a month early, and it was going to be for Halloween. We were hanging out after we had gotten the kids to bed, yep. and we were all excited about this. That we stayed up. We I we mean did. We, were, we were we were drinking and having a good time. Otherwise, so we would have been up anyways. But we we stayed up to midnight purposefully just to tune into Shudder to watch this movie live. And Shudder just, they didn't uh, say what it was going to be. It yeah, was just a total yeah. surprise. Yep. And so we tune in and it's and it's lucky. And I think and about... And the premise sounded good. Yeah, the premise the premise sounded fine. So they tweeted it out like a few minutes before they did it, right? And and we were like, oh, that sounds exciting. Sounds Let's like check it, it out. Like, yeah. yeah. We got like halfway, maybe a half hour into this movie before Alex and I looked at each other <laughs> and rolled our eyes, and and 
I don't know. We made it. We made it. What twenty more minutes? I was gonna say we probably and then made we it just about went back to forty-five minutes. Yeah, into it, yeah, and then we just went back to drinking and, and <laughs> called it a day. Just called it a day. <laughs> and both of us were just so genuinely disappointed with this film. And, and I think it's. I think it could have worked if they would have been less heavy-handed with it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. That was my main takeaway. I wanted to like it. I feel like I was holding out a little bit further than you'd be like, maybe. So neither one of you actually watched the whole thing. I couldn't. No. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm the only person that watched this whole movie. But like, it was. It was one of the like. But I no other. Is it film... better in the last 25 minutes? No. Okay. <laughs> but like, but like the, the it's still heavy handed as fuck. The reason it's beating out Halloween for my worst film is because at least I made it through Halloween. That's fair. It... Did Did we not go see that in the theater? We did. Did you pay to we go did. see that? There, there Why were, am I there you were actually no. there were there were actually a couple of movies this year also that I did not just I I just couldn't watch them. There was there's, nothing there was nothing really aside not from that that I that I think I didn't finish. But it was heavy handed, but it was also very boring. Yeah, it was super boring. It was super boring. It was super boring. It was super predictable. And it seemed but by the end of the first by the end of the first dream sequence or whatever it was that she had, like you get the point. Yeah, you and don't the, need to do it like eight more times. And the dream sequences were also boring. And I feel like if you're going to introduce a dream so sequence into dream a movie, well, whatever they were, well, they were she, boring. Well, she wakes up and experiences the, like a another like, it's the version same. of so the whole, it's like Groundhog's Day with yeah. with men being terrible to women. Yeah. Yeah, men, and then and alternate then, realities or yeah. whatever you want to call it, and then it. everybody gaslighting women, and the woman accepting like this is the world she lives in, where like men exert their dominance, yeah. yada yada yada. Which I agree it, with a hundred percent. I don't want to watch yeah, a whole I'm movie not, about so it. The concept, the concept, that theme, the concept yeah. is good. The concept uh, is great. The concept is good. We talked about how gaslighting women is a big theme in horror this year. This movie probably would not have been so bad had Happy Death Day not existed. What? You think because it's it's the same nah, like, dude. Happy like, Death Ground, Day, is a, Day is a is a happy go lucky movie. Yeah, that's a fun movie. That's but no, fun. But what, what, what I'm saying is like the, the, the idea the of just re, like, the, like living through that same loop every Groundhog's day. Would you say Day that take, it wouldn't yeah. exist if Groundhog's Day didn't exist? No, 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 I'm saying like this movie wouldn't look so bad. Oh, if, in comparison if, to if Happy Death Day didn't exist, look so good. Yeah. I, dis- like, I disagree. I just think it was not a good movie. I also, I also walked away from this movie thinking this is what happens when uh, I th- this movie is the boogeyman to every super conservative person that thinks about uh, like women's studies in liberal colleges. If I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, also is this movie not directed by a man? No, no it's, it's a woman, written, but it's written uh, by a man. No. I believe it's written oh, by a woman who and, stars as the lead actress yeah, and directed right. by her friend. You're right. It's written and directed by women. God damn it, women. Be better. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just so heavy-handed that, like, and I get it. I like Because yeah. my issue is, like, I understood the point they were trying to make within 15 minutes yeah. when her stilt-acting husband, who <laughs> might as well have just come out of waxwork. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that movie. <laughs> Fucking like, we should watch that oh, again. Tries to placate her and talks down to her constantly within yeah. the first fifteen minutes. I'm like, all right, I get the point you're making, yeah. and then you're gonna make that same point fifteen well, more times in the next. Always make points about societal disruptions and yeah. things that are going on in the zeitgeist of the world. People they do it all the time, and a lot of times they do it really well. Yeah, you don't have to beat me with you, the dead. I'm horse. not an idiot. I'm <laughs> yeah. clearly living in the same time period that we're talking about these did societal this, issues. You don't have to hit me in the head with it. Explain mansplaining. Yeah. It did. It women's plane gaslighting to me as a woman. I was like, that's too much. 
This is a level of meta that not even I can get a part of. I was like, too much. Too right. much. <laughs> I like, just, wow. It just, it just, it was one of those, like, oh, all, like ultimately, like. And I, it's one festival awards. Yeah. South by Southwest. That's why they decided to show it. Cause they're like winner of South by Southwest yeah. 2020. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, on top of that, that like in the opening credits. Yeah. I remember it was like a, like an award winning film and I remember being like the fuck. I mean, count like I haven't seen it. Yeah. Not on a top 10 list. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's oh, everywhere for, for horror this year. See, like, that's the funniest part is this movie, woman's playing, mansplaining to a woman. Yeah, I felt it was too much, and it was also boring. Like, yeah, and, just... and like we we've seen and talked about heavy-handed movies. And I love I love some heavy-handed movies. Uh, he, the one the woman who walks alone home at night by yeah. herself, yeah. whatever the fuck that movie yeah, is called. If you, if you talk to that director, it's not meant meant to be. Yeah. Any yeah. anything for about women's empowerment. Candyman. This is another movie. This yeah. is about societal issues. Some people would say it's heavy-handed. I think that you're just. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But like you can do a movie that is about issues happening in the world. They said they, they, they there was a sentence that uh <sighs> it got said once in this movie that I remember where uh it was that I I think it was something along the lines of that's just the way it is mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. That they said that line like four times in this film. Yeah. We get it the first time. Yeah. It's not you've been a bad boy. Because <laughs> that was in Malignant. So good. <laughs> Fuck, as soon as I was like, God damn this That was the movie. opening scene in <laughs> yep. Malignant too. Yep. You've been a bad you've boy. You've been a bad boy. <laughs> and then and then with Halloween, uh, yeah, I mean, like like Sam said, you just go listen to that episode. Yeah, no, just, no, no, just, no, no. just go on the same You don't get to. Back in October, we talked, we, we talked about it. I think, I think I was more in line with Palmer than I was with you Alex You guys don't get to. I think my biggest issue with that movie... dies tonight. <laughs> my biggest issue... It wasn't that I thought it was a bad movie. My biggest issue was that they started the movie in the wrong spot. You know what, Palmer or, and Sam, you just have to... <laughs> I'm yelling at you, but I'm looking at you. You just have to just just, just expand all your disbelief, right? Yeah, and just, just accept, accept it. it. Hey, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. Halloween dies. I'm still going to see it. Oh, if they yeah. made a sequel to this fucking film? Yeah. To the strings? If, no, to the strings or Lucky? Nah, fuck you, dogs. I ain't seen shit. You know what's really fucked up? If they did a sequel to Malignant, I would absolutely watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated this movie so much. But I also will say that I hate... I love hated it. You hate it. watched it. I hate... Well, no, I watched it because I wanted to. I was really excited about it. On a second it. viewing, you would hate watch it. I did, well, I did second view it. I hated it. Yeah, you hate watched it. I hated it. But I watched I it again. I would not... You could not pay me. To watch to the watch str- the strings a second time. Yep, I just think you could tell me that whatever I get paid per hour at my job, you will pay me five times that. I will not watch this movie a second time. Wow. I just feel I like I will if somebody wants to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I will literally watch whatever you want for five times. I'll my watch salary. it on loop for twenty four hours, man. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pay me five times my salary. I think I'm one. Of, yeah. I think one of my things though about Malignant also was that I feel like. There were worse movies, maybe, that I watched. There was one on Netflix, or it was on Hulu, where they go to, like, this island to look at this haunted, abandoned hotel. It was awful. Okay. That was probably probably a worse movie. But it didn't have a $40 million yeah. budget. And the marketing and advertising of Malignant. I don't... So... And it wasn't a James Wan movie. Yeah. Like, it was so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, one other you thing. You liked that movie. I did. I liked I don't, it. I don't you said, wanna... though, the more you watched it, or didn't you watch it again and think that you didn't like it as much? What, Mulligan? Yeah. Uh, or you're having less of it. I feel like we last episode, you were saying, or last time we hung out, you were like, I don't think I, I rewatched I don't think I've watched it a second time. Okay. So uh, I didn't include this one in my honorable mentions because it, 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 it's not an honorable mention. It was a surprise because I hate Megan Fox. Oh, oh, that Megan Fox? I, heard, I heard really good things about the movie. Have either one of you watched Till Death? No. I heard really good things about it, though. I hate Megan Fox. I didn't I watch it. I hate Megan Fox. I that, don't actually hate Megan Fox. I think she's delightful. But I, I don't care for Megan Fox at all. The acting in this movie, not particularly good. The concept, uh-huh. fantastic. What's it called? Oh, yeah? Till Death. Okay. It's on Netflix. The concept is great. Um, it's, it's like Saw, but in a house with two people. Like you have to, you have to figure out how to survive, and they're well it, and kill the other person. No, the other person's dead, and you're chained to them. Mm. It's a, it's a very interesting concept. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Watch it. It's so it's Gerald's game. Right. Yeah, I guess kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a watch. It's on Netflix. It's, okay. a, it's an interesting film. I think if you made the movie with actors who could act, it would be a really good one. Okay. Um, All right. I'll add it to the list. You guys ready to talk about our number ones? Oh yes. yeah. Okay. Um, Sam. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start this one off because uh, you guys know what my number one is, and I think Palmer, this was probably towards the bottom of yours. Um, another heavy-handed film, uh-huh. but actually done well. Oh right, right, right. Violation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie kind of came up on me out of nowhere. Uh, I don't even remember how I came across it. Uh, we talked about it last year. And I remember when we watched the trailer, I thought it looked very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I was all about it. And then you watched it? And then I watched it. All right. So the plot summary on IMDb, a troubled woman on the edge of divorce returns home to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother-in-law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. Now, that plot synopsis is quite misleading. It is very misleading. this movie happens out of sequence. Okay. Uh, 100%. This, this movie happens out of sequence in a way that, uh, like, similar to Memento. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it's um, all over the place. It, it, it jumps back and forth to different points uh, between the sisters, between the sisters and the brother-in-law. Um, is the movie the in the, the one sister's point of view, or is it everybody's point of view? It, it is from the point of view of the one sister who okay. has come back after years apart. Okay. So... We have in this film, you have an unreliable narrator. Okay. You have uh, sibling family issues. Okay. Uh, you've got rape issues. Whether or not it actually happened is kind of left out. It can, it can, it's, it can it's, be construed as rape. It, it, it was can, coercion. Not even. Not even. So, here, so this is, this is where the movie kind of gets a little weird. Is the the whole crux of the issue is that the sister and the brother-in-law, okay, are hanging out at a little campfire after a long night of drinking. After a long night of drinking, okay. The the the, the sister married to the guy uh-huh. has gone gotten to bed. up, gone to bed. Mm-hmm. The so you got the brother-in-law and you got the estranged sister who are there talking, and then the scene ends, and then later you get some more sequence of that. Where the two of them are kind of laying next to each other, they have had sex, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. then the 
there there was one review article that I read that asked the question of when you have the words can't or sorry, don't and stop next to each other. So don't stop. Mm-hmm. What is that meaning when there's a pause? And how long is that pause? You should ask. Right. <laughs> so the, the, the crux here is that she was drunk. She was asleep. This, her, was, this was the Aziz Ansari situation. Yes. She was drunk. She was, well, it's the Aziz Ansari situation cranked to 10. She was drunk. She was mostly asleep. What He's makes it crank her. to 10? That's literally exactly what happened to Aziz Ansari. Okay. Like, it was... I didn't it, follow it, that one too closely. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was uh, like, a, a miss, like at, at any point during the night for Ansari, all she had to do was say no, and it never happened. Right, but the idea here is that, like, in the movie, they show that she says don't and stop. He doesn't. Okay, that sounds a little rapey. But the way that the movie portrays it, she says, but don't she kissed him first. Stop. That right? doesn't fucking matter. Right, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> disputing, but I'm not disputing the, that. Literally, the way that it's portrayed in the movie is, and with this cadence, don't stop. Don't. Yeah, like, say, stop. Yeah, it could be, that could easily be construed as don't stop. Don't stop. So that's that's the crux of this issue. So you've got this unreliable, potentially unreliable narrator, right? Who goes on this revenge tour? So there there's sequences interspersed in this movie where she's talking to her sister, trying to say like, "There's things about your husband right, that, that we need to talk about and that right, you don't right. know about." After her sister knows exactly what what happened and, and after, is choosing to ignore it, and after mm-hmm. an unknown amount of years of the two sisters being somewhat estranged, right? Because the sister who was was slash was not raped, had a boyfriend. They So the whole thing starts, I think the movie opens up with like the sister and the husband and then the unreliable narrator sister and her boyfriend show up together. They're having like a cookout or something at a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so you've got this whole sequence where like later on between the sisters, like this is why we never wanted to invite you. This is why I never wanted you to come this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, conversation between how the sister knows that her husband potentially raped at least had sex with Mm -hmm. the the sister and it's all bookended around this one sequence in the middle of the film and this is what really sold it for me it's a the acting is incredible does she murder him or something she does oh thank god so the and like (laughs) the acting the acting the acting in this movie from everybody involved is incredible okay this is another one of those movies where there there's Four actors. There's really only three that matter. Okay. Or there's really only two that matter. So the the sister who's married and then the 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 unreliable narrator's boyfriend okay. are kind of just tangential right. characters, um, which is a little bit of a shame. But regardless, the unreliable narrator and the husband are the two primary characters. Okay. Yeah. The only people or the only person really I've ever seen fucking lean into a role like this, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage. Nah, dude, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Who right. is leaning in? Both of them? Both of them. So <laughs> the sequence. In it's the, fan, it's in, fantastic. The sequence in the middle of this film, and this goes back to my comment about how, you know, Lars von Trier and mm-hmm. uh, the House of Jack built, and just the stuff that we're starting to see more and more in Did they ho- kill kids? No, no, no. no. <laughs> the stuff that we're starting to see more and more in, hor- in horror films that but are getting mainstream releases. Right. So the sequence in the middle of this film where the guy dies is she lures him to this house. Okay. To or her house, wherever. 
under the guise of they're going to have sex again. Okay. So he shows up ready and raring. Okay. We're, we're good to go. Her whole plan is she's going to, you know, tie him down to a chair, tease him a whole bunch, and then fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like too much, right? This dude, she's like, tell me what you would say to me. Or tell me what you, it starts out with, tell me, you know, the things that you said to me that night by the fire. Tell me what you want me to do right now. Tell me what you would say to me right now. And the whole time this is going on, dude, is stark fucking naked, big old porno dick That's just, his dick out just hanging out. Hard as fuck. And he's just sitting there just jerking off. Just telling her. And this is like a 10-minute long scene. Is this written by a man or a woman, I'm wondering? It's a woman. and uh, Written by a woman. Okay. And directed by a woman. Yeah. I'm getting that vibe. But she, 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 like, so I watched, after this movie was finished, but when I finished it, and I was so unbelievably disappointed by the outcome of the film, Uh I watched a whole bunch of interviews and whatnot with the actors and the director. The whole thing was that she was trying to be as subversive as possible and put as much full frontal male nudity in yep. front because of the camera you, because, I was this say, whenever this because if you yet, flip the roles it's usually so she's not wearing she's wearing clothes she's, she's clothes. clothes she's yep. fully clothed and when he said he was like totally naked I was like I feel like a woman yeah. wrote that yeah, yeah. and she, <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she did that on purpose yeah. she's fully clothed and like stalking around him in the room like, while he is strapped to the chair <laughs> like he, he's he, he's uh, like his feet are tied down he's, he's got, got a blindfold one, on he's got a blindfold on we've got one hand tied behind his back yeah there, he's, he's especially some like, hot kinky fun and like eventually he's got like his second hand tied behind his back and it's just big old hog just like standing yeah. there yeah and she's just stalking around him, grabs a baseball bat, and just fucking whacks him in the head, and then kills him. And then there's uh, like that's a lot more drawn out than that. It, it is a lot more drawn out than that. Right. There's, there's like in the, that's a very uncomfortable scene from start to finish. The, there's sequences of her like sawing his body apart, mm. uh, like it. The way that they leaned into the violence, both sexual and just predatory violence, is like the kind of stuff that you would see in a Lars von Trier film. Yeah. Um, I will say, when you said that it was going to be your number one, I, I. Went to go start to watch it, and I did not. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and not because I didn't want. Well, it's because I. I, I would. I would be interested in I your. I could not. And so the thing. I would this, be interested in your. Yeah. The thing with this movie is like it's very easy to see, you know, the the one thing I will say is really well done in this movie. Um, and I know Palmer and I have had a conversation about this of just like, did he or did he not rape her? And that's the whole point of the movie, right? And that's right? the whole point of the movie, because the, the movie begs the question of, of the idea in the context of, you know, modern, uh, of the modern conversation of, you know, you always trust the accuser. Yes. This, this person has proven in the course of this movie to be a potentially unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. She's, you, got, she's got some serious mental health yeah. issues. Do you trust this person's accusation? See, I don't really Because like... if you do, then everything she's doing is justified. But if you, if you have even the slightest doubt... Right. I also don't feel like I like movies that put that type of idea into the universe. Because, yes, there are people who accuse men or women of rape when it didn't happen. But it is not nearly as popular or as prevalent as people who like to not listen to women or men when they say these things happen. Okay, it does happen. I don't think making a whole movie about it is necessary. And so, but so the way that I viewed this movie, and I think the, the, thing that's, the, the thing that made this movie stick out to me was in the context of a movie that we talked about years ago that I think was all on all of our top five lists, Revenge. Yes. Was well, there's no, there's no, the, there's there's no was, question there. But you there also no had to sit through it, movie. but you also in that movie had to sit through like a five or ten minute rape scene. Right. Which was gross. 
in this case, though, that still happens. It's just broken into two-minute chunks that are interspersed throughout the movie. But then you're also still at the and end questioning whether... And you're still wondering whether, if yeah. you string all of those sequences together. I'm tired of watching movies where the primary focal point of the movie is a woman's rape. <laughs> if we're and being that's completely fair. honest. And, that, and that's completely fair. Like, I'm over it. So, so the director... The last house on the left already happened, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> the director of this, she said the point of the film was not to have any question about it. She said what happened in the film was rape. Okay. Uh, and that it is 100% supposed to be rape yeah. and that that the uh the context the fact is what she, will you do to uh, to to uh protect the accused. Mm-hmm. So she said she said that the fact that that wasn't construed was her fault. That it was supposed to be unquestionably okay. rape. Yeah. Uh, so the way that it was edited and directed. It, yeah, she, so she admitted a fault with that. Okay. Um, but she said that the whole point of the movie is to show a rev- she got she was sick of watching revenge films where all of a sudden at the end of the movie the audience feels there's some sort of of reasonable conclusion because the girl goes and gets everybody at the end. Right. At the end of this movie, there is no conclusion. Mm-hmm. She's literally screaming into the the rain. Yeah. And there's there's just having killed her sister. Yeah, it didn't make her feel any better. No. She walks out into the middle of nowhere she, and just she like feeds the bone the powdered bones to the family, and in like pudding and like whoa yeah. And, <laughs> this movie gets fucking bizarre. At the and end. like it it's it's just this this like vindictive scene of her just like doing everything she can to be almost passive aggressively <laughs> like right. like saying fuck all of you uh-huh i'm literally <laughs> feeding your dead husband to you and you don't even know you it you don't even realize and um the conclusion is that she doesn't feel any better and so that that was the whole point that she was trying to make with the film was that is was that uh and it's the same it's the same idea that i mentioned with uh coming home in the dark right was, there's no you know, the, the end of that movie there is literally no resolution for the final surviving yeah. person yeah, he just no walks off he walks off to the edge of the hills and stares at the sunrise and the movie just ends because you can get to a certain point where you deal with this trauma that's happened to you but at the end of the day that trauma is still with you yeah, and that's it whole, that's leave whole, you. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole point behind the movie. So, while I didn't like it as much as you did, I will say the direction was fantastic, and the the, the um, acting the acting good. was still. So there's a scene the scene where where um the victim is she just finished beating the guy's head in with a bat and he didn't die so she had to put a plastic bag over his head mm-hmm. and get close to him and mm-hmm. get personal with it which she didn't want to do right yeah. the scene after that had one of the most realistic vomiting scenes i've ever seen in my life yeah and watching the interview did she actually she vomit she actually vomited that's a very heavy. It's a very heavy movie. <laughs> it's, it's a. It's a and for very the, especially, movie. it seems like for two actors who leaned into it so hard, this, this seems yeah. very heavy. She, colla- she collapsed and was actually like vomiting and, and felt my, sick my after the scene My was understanding over was the the guy, yes, the, the guy that, that played the the rapist, the the husband. Um, like he knew everything that was supposed to happen. It wasn't like anything was a surprise. Right. He he knew how the story was supposed to mm-hmm. have unfolded and mm-hmm. he he was just like all right and fucking leaned into it. Mm-hmm. But leaned into it from the perspective of like 
not only did I do nothing wrong, but you fucking loved it. Right. And I'm going to make you relive it. So, yeah, that that is that was kind of like the, the the disgusting part about it is like, like whether, this, this movie's whether, fucking gross. Whether, whether or not it was yeah. was. But it's also gr- like we, we talked about gross movies like and I, I don't know what it is with me and these weird fucking gross movies like who's watching Oliver it was gross as fuck. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. What, peak. Peak acting. From, this is from, almost from this these is like actors just, and actresses. The, this is like the peak, though. Of it's not even like yeah, beating someone's head with a baseball bat and then feeding their bones to their family. That's fucking metal. You know, what I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah. But like the peak depravity of human beings that happens constantly, right? Yeah. Like people act like this. Now, this Tom is, Six, send us the Anonymous <laughs> yeah, Club. Yeah, <laughs> like this seems. It's kind of like those things that you're not like, oh, this is completely past the realm of possibility, right? Because humans, in and of themselves, are horrible people yeah. sometimes, you know. And I feel do like we need it on film? Do movies like this sometimes? You're like, yep. And that's why it can be very appealing, though, to see that very dark side of human nature that happens all the time. Yeah. Sometimes though, I feel like it's just like a little bit. It's kind of like it's a Serbian just, film. Like I don't need to see. It's also just like <laughs> doing it, that. You know, in the context of the last two years, like it's fucking exhausting enough yes, already. Do I'm we tired. really need this? Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I see the appeal, and I can understand why that would be in your your number one. Yeah. Like it seems dark. I, th- and, I think I think it was a very powerful film. Yeah. Um, I think it it, it for me personally it missed the mark, but I thought I I all that being said, I am. I would be very interested in seeing more from this director. Yeah, um, I think if and like and, just the, the, you know in 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 comparison to Lucky, mm. you know this movie is yeah. also very heavy handed. There there there's no mis there, there's really no misconstruing well, unless you're really there, well clearly I disagree. there is though. I think there is. I think there's. I think there. I but that's just how I interpreted She's it. She's even I don't saying know. that people missed the mark on her movie about that that guy was clearly supposed to be a rapist. And she didn't direct it well enough. Pe- I, don't know, people- I don't know that it was really like a... Dir- I think she tried to be more subtle about it. And the- and she figured the audience... I the, I don't I don't know. I don't... Obviously, I can only go off what she said yeah. in the interview. Let but that, that, that's how it came across this to me. Movie, this movie is very heavy-handed. Unless you're actively, actively trying to defend the guy here. Yeah, well, people Which, do, let, do that. Let me make it clear I'm not. I just... <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there's, there's... There's a... It's too gray. He's waving it's his hands gray. around. It's, it's just mi- too gray. It's just too gray. Yeah, for, there's for, a missed edit somewhere. For me to for me to turn around and and root, not even root, but like to to feel like what this woman does in an entire thirty minute sequence of the film that we don't get any cuts from. And that's oh, it's the a thing. non-cut scene. That's the thing. All the cuts happen outside of this middle sequence. Okay. Yeah, so this, this middle is like sequence is from one start huge to finish. Stretch. Yeah. 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 And and I, well, I mean, I guess we get one because she wakes up after vomiting. So, yeah. but then so so it's two huge stretches back to back that that t- all take place in the center of the film. I, I just don't I don't know how that was justified. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm kind of like. But why does I mean yeah I guess in this context of this movie it should be justified. But yeah. people kill people in horror movies all the time. Right. Right. But but that's the thing is like this is supposed to be some like this this came across as something that was different. Right. And and maybe the the gray area of the justification is part, but we're talking about it. I mean, I genuinely think it was a well directed, well shot, incredibly acted piece of filmmaking. Um, yeah, I yeah, I it, it sounds that way. Yeah, I just I hmm. 
I don't know. Well, that's my number one for the year. <laughs> All right, which one of you wants to lighten it up a little bit? <laughs> I'll go. I feel like mine, well, I mean, mine was not a <laughs> happy piece of cinema either, but I went with Sensor. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was very creative yes. piece of cinema. I hadn't seen anything like that in quite a while. It was it was on my honorable mentions that I skipped because I knew you were going to mention it. Yeah. Um, it, the ending of that movie struck me a little bit similar to St. Maud. It was a little bit bleak at the end, right? Yeah. So, but like yeah. bleak, but also like you see that person's perspective, but you also see everybody else's yeah. perspective. But then there's the ending ending. I feel like this movie was also super British, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what did I Well, don't... I, I assume like that the MPAA is an equivalent... It's... Yeah. Not, it, it was not nearly as... As like the, the I know British the vi- Board of Film Classification was the because I know this they is did, where the video nasties came out. Of. Yeah, yes. this, they they were the ones that managed that whole list. Yeah. If you didn't, if they didn't like a film for one reason or another, it was on added to that list. There's plenty of stuff that's on that video nasties list that isn't actually like a notoriously gory film. It's right. just something some one of them just it rubbed them the wrong mm-hmm. way yeah. and they felt like they needed so that, to because that's the context. It's what the seventies, eighties, the eighties, the eighties. And um, just in, to think though, that there's England someone else who actually has this job, though, or a group of people who have to watch these movies, yeah. Yeah, that, that's edit the them best, out. That's, that's kind of like <laughs> the best part behind this, because I, as I was watching Censor, because I, I watched it like a few days ago because uh, you guys were, were talking about it the last time we had gotten together. Um, at the entirety of that thing, I was just like, I would fucking love this job. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing. I thought the same thing, too. But then the flip side to that is like, at first I would. But what about six months from now? Like no, you would. It's because would I just get like I, I feel like you get desensitized and worn out. Well, yeah, and you're just you like you tired be, of explaining yourself. You and, would be like the rest of her coworkers though, who just kind of like do their. It's kind of like you think like a nurse or a doctor yeah. or you know someone with a very like stressful job. Like you do your job and then you go you know drink with your coworkers or like go on a date with your hot you know friend or go like hang out with your parents. But she is still reeling in the trauma of what happened to her sister. For yeah. so long that that's what makes her unstable, right? Yeah. And when she sees that sort of connection, even though it has nothing to do with her sister, and her parents are telling her to like let it go, bro, like we're we're all moving on, she refuses to move on. So this is this is why I had the Saint Maud comparison because I I had watched Saint Maud before this, and so here's my question for both of you since we've all watched this movie: mm-hmm. Was it her sister or no? No. No. Oh, at the end of the film? No. No, it was not absolutely it was absolutely not her sister at all. But she her was s- fully convinced it was. Yeah, yeah her sister. And her parent and when her because at the end of it, she like no. the woman's like mouthing the word help to the parents, yeah, because, right? Because she's she's, she's just been kidnapped yeah, after yeah. watching her, her star this her poor fucking actress. Act yeah. Who, yeah, this poor actress who's filming an independent movie in the woods has been kidnapped, watched her friend die. <laughs> like, but to be fair, so I guess the, the part that I thought was like where I have the most question about the film is so if if the whole ending obviously is in her head is that der- is that conversation with the director that she had beforehand in her head as well or did that actually happen I think she misconstrued I think it probably happened but because not- he mentions her sister and mentions saying that he set these up from real life events and I don't know how he would know that without I think that was in her head. Okay. I just remember watching this movie like two days after Alex did and I texted her while I was watching this mm-hmm. when the guy when the when the producer gets shoved and falls and has the statue come through the back of his head and out of his mouth. I texted Alex with nothing but just like laughing emojis and shit because it was the funniest fucking thing that came out of nowhere in this yeah, film. I think this movie was, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I'll just see myself out. Yeah, completely about a woman 
feeling guilty by her, you know, the grief of the death of her sister that she feels responsible for, even though no one else seems to blame her for it. But they were together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's just never gotten over it and has spent her entire life. I don't think anybody else blames it, blames her for it. I think the fact that she hasn't gotten over it, but her parents specifically have tried at least yes. to move on. After, what did she say? It was like 15 years yeah. or something like that. Like like they're her, like, her parents yeah. have tried to move on and tried to help her move on. And she's she already felt guilty go, about yeah. it the whole time, but then now they're signing the death certificate. So her death is official. They have stopped thinking that maybe she will come home. And that's, that's another one of the things that I noticed this year was like, there's a lot of horror movies tied to like sibling relationships. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a big... It's a good... It's, it's, a, a, it's yeah. a very good, mineable avenue. But that last scene, though, <laughs> where she goes running to the parents and is like, oh, my God, and is flashing in between what the what the woman is seeing and what What's is actually, actually happening. happening, I was like, that... A++++ plus 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 for an ending. Yeah. I loved the whole movie. I thought it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But that ending, though, was that was what made it number one for me. It was a short movie, too. It wasn't too long. Yeah, not really. One of the few non-slow burn films, because there's, there's stuff kind of going on yeah. throughout the whole thing, whether or not it's the stuff that's happening in the film or the films that they're mm-hmm. watching. There's not, um, yeah. There's I always thought, something going on. It was a very, I thought it was an extremely well done movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was really creative. I hadn't seen anything like that in a while. I think mm-hmm. it's a really good, like, it's a really good thing, though, too, because, like, you, uh, most horror fans, at least, if not the general public, know about, like, the video nasties yeah. list and the British Board mm-hmm. of Classification. It's, it's a really interesting thing to, like, kind of use that as your setting and backdrop mm-hmm. and, like, kind of lift back we the curtain a little bit. We talk about it all the bit. time, yeah. right? And it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> like you said, just a bunch of people doing their jobs. They yep. show up. They, you know, they've got lives, Then they go too. to the pub and they, <laughs> they live their life like normal like that, people. That's a, really, that's a really interesting thing that, like, you don't, you don't get to see stuff like that used as, like, yeah. the, the base context for your film. When it starts... So, so the one question I have for you, and I'd be, be obviously interested in, in what you think of this. Do you think that it was um, the grief that ultimately... Like the grief of like not being able to find her sister that ultimately sent her over the deep end, or do you think it was the fact that the press mm-hmm. and society was blaming her for something <clears throat> that she didn't didn't do? Do so because that was the context too in the middle, right? The the killing that happened in the movie. Uh, yes, yeah, so do you think that was the tipping? Well, they, well, they also so I think it corresponded with the fact that that happened, whether it was on the same day or within the same week. That her parents also decided to sign her daughter or her sister's death certificate. Yeah, I think she's always felt guilty about this. She lives a very isolated life, right? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, whether that's because she's a weirdo or not, or because she feels guilty about her sister, whatever. But I think, I think it was both. Yeah, I mean, if you're they saying really she really happened, like if they didn't, it, but do you think if one existed without the other, she would have gone and killed everybody at the end of the movie? No, no. Because, because okay. I, I, I guess the I thing, I, I guess the thing you're saying is like she feels responsible for her sister's death, but now mm-hmm. on top of that, she also feels responsible for, for another for person's, another person's death. death because and she supposedly failed at her job. Yep, and, and then her sister. I think is if you now... take one of those out of the equation, I don't think she goes on that fucking bender. Yeah. Because the one guy said he's like it. Ha- it could happen to any of us, right? The the one her one coworker who you know likes her yeah. and wants to go out, you know, yeah. for a drink, or whatever. Let's go get a drink. Yeah. He was yeah. like, it could have happened to any of us. Like we're just doing our jobs the best we can. This happens, you know. This yeah. people, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that it was your movie and the guy killed and said it was because That's of that. That's also really shitty like, that people found out that you were the one that. Yes. Well, no, because later, later in the movie, they they say uh, when he did like the he started his trial or whatever, right? Because like so I guess some time had elapsed. Yeah. He said that he had never even seen that movie. Exactly. So it was just a scapegoat. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, it was the movies. It was the video games. It was the whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. But she still was harassed by yeah. But that's, that's everybody. So that, what yeah, was it? The Columbine killers supposedly did that they didn't listen to Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that's right. blamed it on Marilyn Manson. And then they said they were bullies. Yeah, even but that guy's they a were bullies. Now, so you know. That's true. We were all we're like, no, don't. I'd be like, yeah, fuck Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard switch for me. I will have to tell you. <laughs> Yeah. It was it at start- least you had the precursor of him being I was strung say, out of it the show. It started off the descent. <laughs> I mean, really, I only listened to Marilyn Manson in like high school, but when he's, we went, he's, he just got nominated for a Grammy. Though. Oh my god! When I saw him, uh, really? yeah, we went to go see him live. That was a, oh man. Did, the Grammys don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, they do not. Oh, that's why nobody. They nominated a- him as his real name too, not Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how they got away. That's how they justified yeah. getting away with it. No, oh. they took him off. Apparently, uh, they there was enough. Initially, they came out with an announcement <laughs> saying we don't. We don't care about it. other stuff. Like if the we music, separate the art from the artist, it wasn't even for it was it was for that song he did with Kanye. Oh, on a, his new album, mm-hmm. yeah. which is apparently fire. Oh, have you guys not listened to it? I haven't listened to it. Yet. Wait, wait, wait! Is it the Kanye album that he keeps changing? Is that what you're talking about? The new no, one that it came he was, out. It came out like two, like months, two months, ago. months ago. I haven't listened to shit. To oh, it's, it, it, it I know is. Kanye's last project was like. It, it was like an album that he had kept yeah, refining over like 18 weird. months or whatever. But it like, was a lot. The one out. Like, every time he performed it, it was different because he kept making changes. Well, this one, I mean, I feel like he made changes mm-hmm. towards the end. But it was like Donda or Donda or whatever. Yeah. Donda, yeah. yeah. It, it is very good. No, that, that's is like, it good? That's literally, it's <laughs> li- Donda's literally, it's so so the, the whole context <laughs> behind that was like he, he kept performing it live. Yes. And putting out like demo releases online. But like every time he would say it's done, it was just a new version of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but like, so I think, I think, like, you have to have some... some level of like fucking like borderline insanity to be a good artist. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have, I have not listened to it. It is good. Yeah. It, unfortunately. Separate the art from the artist, right? It is very good. I'm mean, gonna have to go check this out. Donda Two is supposed to be released like in February. Is this about to be the second wave of con wave of Kanye love for me? I didn't know the first wave ever ended. <laughs> this is, this like, is news to me. This is I, I didn't even realize like this is like his tenth yeah, or eleventh album. He's like put out a lot of stuff. But he's also been really popular for quite a while. Yeah. He's also I think I've only released like one bad album. Yeah. <laughs> and even that one was like co- not college. even that bad. Yeah. There were still like a couple bops on there. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so any any other comments? No, I just really like this movie. Okay. I don't all right, Palmer. You're gonna you're gonna wrap up this this uh, this year, this twenty twenty one. I mean, it's gonna end on a pretty shitty note, I guess, if that's the case. Because I I'm just saying one that I already we've already mentioned. That's night, right. You get, to, you get to mention anything that I didn't mention. Uh, yeah, the night house was was my uh, favorite uh, of the year. Um, this was I an really early wish, contender for you too. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It, like honestly, I I think I when I when I finished watching it, I think I said that it was probably gonna be my number one. And you it sent out a group was. text. Yeah. Um, I probably does that when he loves it. I do. I just, while I have seen some some really good filmmaking this year, I don't think I've seen a better allegory for grief in a film, especially a horror film, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in a very long time. In terms of like like, I don't. You said a lot of the things that I that I really wanted to kind of say about this movie already, but the 
the direction was fantastic. I loved the acting. Um, I loved, uh, obviously, the whole, like... It reminded me a lot of the way Midnight Mass ended because mm. we're literally ending on a boat with a, a woman by herself as the sun rises and all of a sudden everything yeah. is going to be okay. And I think that's kind of one of the things that like the movie is, is oh, trying shit, to... I didn't even make that connection. Palmer just wants to be a lady on a boat. <laughs> I just, I just want to be... He just wants the sun to rise, man. I just want the sun to fucking start Knowing rising. that everything's going to be okay. But, but I, so like, while it's an allegory for grief, I think it was an allegory for just the past fucking two years. That's fair. You yeah. know? like So yeah. like if you look at it like an allegory for COVID and all the shit that people have been dealing with since that kind of came around, like... It's all about isolation. It's all about trying to figure out what's really reality, right? Because we have the fucking CDC telling us one thing and then literally flipping the script on us the following week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have no or idea like how day. to Yeah, we have no idea how to respond to any of this. We try to keep ourselves as safe as possible and sheltered as possible, but we're finding or people along the along the the course of this this path that we're all collectively trying to navigate we're finding holes mm-hmm. or we're finding you know you know for instance like like the medical community will say one thing you know and then the cdc will say Mm -hmm. another thing and and it's just like all right well what are you supposed to kind of figure out and that's the way that i kind of took it is like this whole movie was like while a profound allegory for grief was just it was was an allegory for everything that we've been going through for for the past few years and it's just like eventually at some point the sun is going to rise and i think that's why i i walked away from that movie like loving it so much because it was so profound but at the same time, at the end, it was just like, you know what? Like, th- things things will be okay. You just got to stick through it. And and maybe maybe what you thought was, was a monster turned out to be something completely out of your control. You know, like the whole movie, she's trying to figure out whether or not her husband's a serial killer. Right. That's pretty much what's being alluded to. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that... But depending on how, yeah, depending, depending on how, how you look at it, yeah, there, at it's, it's Lord was, Lord's full of bones. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if he was doing it of his own accord, well, or she, if he thought, was doing she it wasn't protect, trying to figure out if he was a serial killer. She was trying to figure out if he was cheating on her at first, at least. Uh, no, I think she was. I think the entire time that was the picture the, the picture of the woman that she found that looked like her, or whatever. Like maybe she, he was like stepping out, but he only wanted to like fuck people that looked like me. I think. I think though, she thought pretty. Early on, though, that it was yeah. I think weird. I don't think I don't think. Yeah. While I think she was worried about the cheating stuff, I don't think I think she knew from the start that yeah. it wasn't about cheating. Yeah. It was about something, something much much worse. Yeah. Right. And so so when you get when to you the, see that weird little statue. <laughs> well, yeah. So when you get when you get to the end of the film and it turns out that he's been doing it to try to like protect her this entire Gotta time. That demon baby. It's just like. You know, maybe, maybe maybe there are worse things out there in the world, <laughs> and that's kind of that's. I guess that's really why I loved it. I thought, it's just, the, I, I thought one of the again is just another one of the movies where the the ending is resolved, but it's not like the you know she she gets dragged back to the dock by her friend, and the the neighbor just looks out and says, "There's nothing the there," and she goes, "I know," because she sees that like the demon 
name nothing, <clears throat> is still there. Like, well, whether it's her grief trauma, or demon, her trauma is resolved, but it's, it's also not, still with her. I was gonna say she'll have to live with it. Whether yeah. it's it's the demon or grief, she'll have to live with it for the rest of her life, though. Because yeah. that's and, what, and you know, that's I, what grief is. I never even thought about it in the context of you know the last couple of years. Like I've I've thought about it in the context, especially with the three of us sitting at this table. Like we've all lost people close to us in the last few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that's taken some of us to some. That's taken all of us in various directions. Um, mostly dark places. Mostly, mostly <laughs> dark places, but like different, different ones at different times. So like I looked at it through that context, but the context that you're mentioning with COVID, like, yeah, we're we're all going at some point to look back at 2020 and 2021 and however long through Possibly, 2022, yeah. 2022 yeah. and however long it takes. At some point, we are all going to look back at this period in time, mm-hmm. uh, and like it is going to stick with us in one way or another. I was going to say, it leaves your mark on, it leaves a mark on you regardless. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's why I love it so much because it's just, you can, you can kind of find parallels with any sort of mm-hmm. thing that, that any, any tragic event in your life, I guess. Yeah. Whether it be societal or personal or familial or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I think, I think that's why I found it so poignant. It was just because it's like, I love movies where you can kind of watch it and associate it with yourself one way or another mm-hmm. in whatever aspect you want to find that association. And I don't think I've seen anything else this year that has um, allowed that kind of thing to happen. Fuck it. You want an A? I'll give you an A. <laughs> that, that seems the best. <laughs> so seems the best. Fuck also it. You want movie of the year? Yeah. We'll give you movie of the yeah. year. The relationship between her and her neighbor, too, I really liked. I feel yeah. like we didn't touch on that as much when we talked about it before. Yeah. But yeah. What, what a nice guy to live next he to. Was, he, and his whole thing was like, I saw him out there once, and I saw him with a woman, and I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to upset you, but I never saw it again. And he said he wasn't going to do it again. Yeah, like... And how much do you intervene as a neighbor, really? That, and that, that was the thing that I thought was really well done in this movie. Like, you, you see it happen in other films. And the counterpoint, I guess, would be to, you know, violation where, like, the sisters did not trust each other at all. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, in this movie, like, her friend from her, her, her best friend, the other teacher at school, and then the neighbor who, like, legitimately was just trying to help and, yeah. like, look at, like, that felt genuine. It did, and like you see that you see that in other films, but it doesn't really feel like. Sometimes it feels like they have an agenda. <clears throat> yeah. Like in this movie, it did not feel at all like either one of them had an agenda. They were legitimately yeah concerned and trying to just do whatever they could to help this woman. Yeah. yeah. They reminded me of a lot of like the people that I, I've noticed in my life when I've had you know someone die yeah people in my life that i find very supportive like i'm like those reminded me of those people yeah they seemed very genuine like you said which i appreciated um but kind of like the the final thing i wanted to say was like this was this was kind of the year for me where directors that have been on my radar for a long time and that i have supported and appreciated for a number of years seem to really find their stride okay and david bruckner is another one southbound was fun the ritual was very, very good. good. I was this was fantastic. Yeah, I was shocked that this was a David Bruckner film. Right, you didn't like Southbound? Did you? I, no, I thought I thought I thought Southbound was okay. I was probably was the most. I, I thought. Did you I, like the ritual? I know we talked about it when I it didn't came like out. the ritual that you, much. That's right. Okay. okay. I I was legitimately surprised that this was a David Bruckner film. Okay. When I saw his name come across at the end, I was like, "Holy shit!" I was not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's put, um, Brian Bertino, who did Dark and the Wicked, as well as Black Goat's Daughter, Strangers, Monster, all that stuff, and David Bruckner, 
up on a. I it's not on the Ari Aster <laughs> shelf yet. It's not, not on the uh, what's his name that you love. Is it, it up there with Mike Flanagan? Uh, no, 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 no. They, the he lighthouse si- he guy. Si- yeah, he sits up there with with Ari Aster oh, and the okay. rest of them. Uh, the lighthouse guy. But what's but it's it's just it's a lower tier. Yeah. Like, but it's it's uh, starting uh, to get up. Robert Eggers. Eggers. But isn't yeah. it so exciting, though, to see all these new directors? Like, not new. I mean, some of them have been doing movies for a while. But, like, new things to watch. I love that. Yeah. I feel well, like, like we're on a new, like, a renaissance. Everybody, everybody keeps trying to cram down. I feel like a lot of press is trying to cram down the fact that, like, Jordan Peele is the new king of horror down right. my throat. Yeah. And while I while I acknowledge that he does things very well... I'm more focused on people like Eggers, mm-hmm. Aster, Bruckner. Eggers and Oh, the the hype train for the Norsemen just started up. People are yeah, hard. people are also cramming Eggers I, down our throat. But we could, there's room he, for uh, he, Eggers. I feel is justified. There's, there's room for all of them. I'm just excited to see a bunch of new I, people. I'll tell you one new wish. Everybody that's listened to us, and the both of you included, know my love for Robert Eggers. Uh, sorry. No. Uh, mixing it up now. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar Wright. Um, I did watch Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho. Didn't, didn't end up on any of our lists. It, I was surprised it wasn't on yours, but I... It, yeah. Sorry. I have a weird thing. I think, I, I think Edgar Wright is uh, much better when he's got... Uh, you know, Simon Pegg. The, the, the comedic, yeah, the comedic <laughs> yeah. aspect. Like Simon Pegg and, uh, and uh, Nick Frost just fucking carry his stuff. Last Night in Soho, very good. Very good. I think it was a very great first attempt at a horror thing. And I think you had asked me, was it actually a horror movie, Palmer? Mm. Um, it legitimately is. Um, it just takes a while to get there. All right. Would you put that on your honorable mentions then? No. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't even on your honorable mention. It wasn't on my honorable I think it's worth a watch, but I don't... I, it's not as good as I think it could have been. Okay. Considering okay. some of the other stuff he's done. Okay. But Fair enough. I think part of that is because Edgar Wright has fallen into that weird category of some of the directors that we've seen a lot of stuff from. Um, I think the comparison I made for him is Wes Anderson. Yeah, you did. He has you know, a very specific style mm-hmm. of how he does his movies, and so it gets a little predictable and a little... Formulaic and formulaic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like some of these, some of these newer directors and and some of the ones that are less heard of, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more from these guys. Good for all of them, guys and ladies. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Men's and women's, guys and dolls. So uh, as with with every year that we do this, write in, let us know your your top fives. We're always interested in figuring out and, and, and your listening. Worst. Yeah, yeah, we'd love we'd love to know what 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 the audience felt was great, and, and you know. If anybody out there watched the strings and thought it wasn't <laughs> terrible, I'm not even saying that it was good. If you thought it wasn't terrible, if you think I'm being too rude or mean or whatever. Since when do it, you care about being too rude or mean? I don't. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can write to me and tell me what it was supposedly supposed to mean, but I'll just write back that it meant nothing. And you mean nothing to me. It meant nothing and you mean nothing. Fair enough. Good day. And this Good is, day, this sir. is coming from a person who tweeted directly at Tom Six right before we started recording. Oh, we're going to watch that movie. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to find it. Yep. We're we going to find it. Tom Six, I want to see this movie. I will spend the, the rest of my life We will trying talk to find about it. that movie every week for a month if we get to watch it. Two months, even. 
Maybe we'll just do a little a little segment for the rest of the year. Yeah. Six is six. Will that be our our? our remember the Lighthouse podcast? That was around. Every new episode is like thirty seconds of the film that we analyze. It's going to be like that with a knowing. After we do our Breaking Bad episode. Yeah. On but okay, only if we can follow it up with a better call, Saul. All right. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Anyways, we'll be back next week. We're jumping back into the swing of things. So. What are we going to watch? I don't know. It's, I don't know. it's, 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 it's a new one. This, this episode was a week late, so we, we had originally planned to do like just some goofy, fun movie for this week uh, just to wrap up the month. But next week, uh, our next episode is going to be February. I have so the got a whole idea new for February, a theme. It's all of Alex's favorite movies. <laughs> I love it. No, didn't you actually have like a really good one that I wrote down somewhere Probably. or somebody wrote down somewhere? Probably. I do come up with them. I'll uh, figure it out. Pull up the theme list. It's in there somewhere. All right. Well, anyways, we'll talk about it later. Uh, we will figure it out. Worst, yeah. worst case scenario, the worst thing you can expect is that we're going to talk about our favorite movies, which we just talked about, but we're going to do them one by one. <laughs> the best thing that you can expect is that we're going to review our worst picks one Ooh, by one. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> that being said, I'm really not sure I can sit through watching the strings again. Well, but yeah. who knows? We'll see. Check us out next week and we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's true. All right, everybody. As always, keep it creepy. We'll catch you all next week. Take care.